passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the NWA. The Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather, post-wrestling, the N.W.A., not O.G., guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message, advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring, we invested in, Nubian kings and queens, we invested in, it's for the culture and we repping it. For the culture and we repping it. And welcome to the NWA podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. What's going on, everybody? We are back for the month of July with our first live show got so much to talk about y'all already know what it is y'all already know how we do uh but before we get into the topic of the day the topic of the weekend perhaps the topic of the year let's get into who we are i am of course the godfather nate milton and i am joined by my partners in crime ladies and gentlemen first of all let me introduce the angry intellectual himself the man that can make sense of nonsense Ladies and gentlemen, you know him. You love him. Moderna Chris, a.k.a. the Professor Chris Ely. Can we rock? What's up, Doc? What is up? So I used to co- host a Saturday night 
show when I was going to USC. And I'd open the show saying, welcome, welcome Trojans. It's, it's Saturday night and you're listening to me. So that means you're not getting laid also. Uh, <laughs> so uh, welcome to the debut live show that we got. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm watching Roosh on TV right now. Um, posing. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited, yeah. I mean, first of all, Chris, you don't know these people. You don't know these post I know, right. You don't know the people watching on YouTube. They can multitask. I know Steve Willie is out there in, in, in the Chicagoland area watching. You don't know about these people's lives. Let's not make assumptions, my brother. Well, but hey, well, that's, that's probably why we got canceled, too, sir. So. <laughs> Let me introduce one of the hardest working men in this space. Y'all have seen this, brother. He's been putting in work all week, especially the last 24 hours on the post-wrestling site. He is also the host of his very own YouTube channel. But most importantly, Chris, he's our nephew. He is the youngest in charge. Y'all give it up on camera for this man, <laughs> Andrew Thompson. What's good, nephew? My guys, man, Nate, Chris, Brandon, Thurston. It's great to be here with y'all, man. I'm always, it's always a pleasure to be back on the NWA pod. Uh, love talking to y'all, man, and I'm excited for this conversation. Yes, this is going to be a very, very interesting conversation, and we couldn't do this conversation alone. I mean, we could, but we wanted to take it up to that next level. And so we, we called a man who can get into the numbers, a man who can get the story behind the story, a man who is not only a friend of the program, not only a colleague here at Post Wrestling, but he's our brother. Y'all give it up. From WrestleNomics, Brandon Thurston. Brandon, what's good, my man? Welcome back. It's great to be here with you guys, Nate, Chris, Andrew. Um, I, f- I feel like those were like entering introductions, <laughs> each one of us from each corner. So uh, I'm, I'm honored to be here for the second time to be joining you guys on the NBA podcast. Yes, and we, we are glad that you took some time out with us tonight. Uh, we're also glad that uh, for the folks watching us live, again, this is our first live show. So shout out to everybody checking us out live on the Post Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to try to get to as many comments as we can tonight because we know y'all have a lot of thoughts about these stories that we're going to talk about. But if you want to make sure that your voice is heard, if you want to leave no doubt that your voice is heard, there is one way, Chris, for them to do that, and that is to smash that super chat button because you hit that button andrew thompson it shows what you want to talk about it shows your thoughts your desires your opinions and we can uh, address that so uh appreciate everybody watching if you definitely want to get your comments uh on the show though hit that super chat button and we will definitely look out for you but whoo i feel like everybody knows why we're here so let's Let's just get into it. So 24 hours ago, and I'm going to toss it over to Andrew because he is our resident newsman here in a second. But just kind to kind of set the scene for everybody, uh, a, a momentous story happened in the world of professional wrestling. And a lot of people are feeling a lot of different ways about it. Of course, Andrew, we are talking about the removal of Max Dupree. From Maximum Male Models. I don't know how we're going to move forward as a society without that brother Max Dupree. Uh, now, all jokes aside, we, of course, are talking about... Y'all know I got jokes. We, we of course, are talking about the uh, resignation, uh, the abrupt resignation of uh, yeah. WWE CEO and Chairman Vince McMahon. So, uh, Andrew, we know you've been covering this story uh, 
all weekend. Uh, you thought you was going to have an easy day on Friday, and then yeah, <laughs> this, this news dropped. So uh, kind of catch everybody up to speed on what went down yesterday, brother. Yeah, man. So, uh, like, for real, for real, Nate, and all honestly, man, I, I feel like everybody at this point kind of knows what's going on. But, like, just the, you know, refresh of uh, my day yesterday, I was um, covering the news earlier that day. I thought I was going to wrap up this uh, this wonderful week at Post Wrestling and uh, writing. I've been doing my job and on vacation. And, uh, like, right around the time when I was getting ready to write the news update, I checked Twitter and I see Vince McMahon has uh, retired from his, his role as CEO and chairman of WWE. And Stephanie McMahon and Nip Khan have been appointed as co CEOs. And, um, like, uh, it, it's, I think it's a lot of different um, things that we'll talk about, like, all within that. And I think that's a, I think it's great that we have Brandon here as well to sort of break down sort of uh, the business side as well. We can add on to that as well. But, yeah, t- essentially, that's, that, that's the, probably the biggest story that we probably will see. I, you, you could probably say arguably this year, but you know anything happened, uh, you know yeah. about that. But I, I think by far, like as far as this year goes, this is probably the biggest news story um, in, in terms of pro wrestling, pro wrestling related things. Absolutely, and and I think where I guess I kind of want to start uh, tonight is kind of where everybody was at yesterday. You know, before we go forward, let's take a quick look backwards. And Brandon, you're our guest, brother. So when the news broke, you know, when when Vince hit that tweet. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, what I'm saying Vince hit hit send on that tweet and he said, you know, he's retiring at the age of 77, you know, uh, then now forever. You know, you got to throw them plugs in on the way out, Brandon. What was your immediate reaction to the news that Vince McMahon was stepping down? Well, I uh, I was in my office. I was listening to podcast to podcasts and it was sort of, sort of like laxing for I don't know, a good 15 minutes or so. And I hadn't been looking at my phone. And I, you know, sort of leaned forward and looked at my phone and I have like four texts from people who don't text me regularly and stuff. And, uh, yeah. And, and uh, somebody texted me, uh, just in all caps, Vince. Mm. Um, so I said, oh no. And, and I, and I should figure, you know, we were talking about how it's, this is a busy day for Andrew, uh, on Friday. I think we're going to have a lot of busy Fridays and we have had a lot of busy mm. Fridays, uh, so far. But yeah, I uh, but I looked to uh, my email, and there it was—the press release that Vince McMahon has retired, which I think is uh, an interesting choice of words that we might, mm. might talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we gonna get into that uh, here in a little bit, Brandon. Uh, Chris, what about you? I know uh, on the West Coast it was probably midday uh, right. when, when when the story broke. So how did you react and and respond to the news about Vince McMahon stepping down? Well, I was um, in one of our group chats, and then um, Marcus Vanderberg from uh, Yahoo Sports, who's in the group chat with us, um, sent the message that uh, Vince McMahon had retired. And then shortly after, 10 minutes later, I got a lot of my um, my media friends um, who um, asked me what was going on. because usually uh, my, my black media friends, they, they uh, defer to me when it comes to wrestling stuff. And I was trying to gather as much information as I could. I had already wrote um, a, an article for uh, Thurston uh, this month helped me turn this one big ass article I wrote <laughs> on WWE culture into two articles. So I was just like, "Oh, August, this is just going to be ready to uh, ready to go to print, ready to go to publish, or whatever." Um, and then um, 
Now, at first, I thought it was going to be more of a daunting task to rework this article, but now it looks like something that's mm-hmm. that's doable. I'm just adding a few uh, updates to it, but man, this is just you know it, it, it's we we talked about this last month. Rich fans said this would happen. I agreed with them, but it's still surprising when it happens. You know, yeah. like when you, when you you expect things to happen, but then it actually does happen. It's funny. And then we, we, I still don't understand the nuances of what's going on. People are asking me, um, is Vince McMahon going to be held accountable? And I don't know what their definition of accountability is because yeah. it's a relative term in, in this instance. So it's, it's just fun to kind of dissect this stuff as, Roosh lays on the outside mat. Chris Chris reminds us of the live always death before dishonor coverage, man. Chris, (laughs) the only man in the industry that can simultaneously break down this Vince story and also give you that play by play. Salute to that man, Chris Ely. Uh, For me, guys, it happened when I was at work. So I'm at work, and, you know, most of the time during the day, Brandon, you know, I'll get like, you know, anywhere from five to 10 texts, you know, that's kind of about a normal day, you know, or I'll get, you know, maybe seven Twitter notifications during my day. That's a normal day. And I was having a normal day, you know, out here on these streets, making sure everybody is good in the automotive world, you know, slanging these tires. Uh, uh, but then all of a sudden I want to say about four o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock, my phone just started going crazy. And like you said, you know, we're getting Marcus. Uh, and again, you know, point of clarification, Marcus was at Yahoo. Now he's at ESPN. Oh, yeah. I know I'll, I know I'll never hear the end of that. And, 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 and he'll, he'll give me the uh, business when I see him next time. Yes. Too, so. Yes. Marcus will actually see you in these L.A. streets, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, ESPN. Yes. Marcus now at ESPN. So Marcus said something in the group chat. And then all of a sudden, everybody is talking about this. And. I think my immediate reaction was a mixture of surprise because I'm, I'm not shocked because, you know, we did talk about this being a possible outcome a month ago. But it is a surprise, right? Because we all know historically how stubborn this dude can be. And so I was like, OK. And then I think Kate said something similar last night on a, a Rewind to Smackdown. My next thought was, yo, they must have something on this man. For him to just moonwalk out the back door like that. Um, and then, you know, just kind of listening to people like Brandon uh, had a great spaces uh, last night, kind of talking about this and breaking this down. And I've seen other people's commentary over the past 24 hours trying to get uh, a handle on this. And so I guess we, we can go there next, Brandon. So Vince sends out the tweet. We also get the reports of, you know, the uh, message to the locker room talent. Uh, and then, you know, kind of the moving chairs from a business standpoint. Um, out of all of these things, you know, Triple H returning, Stephanie's elevation, uh, Nick Khan always in the mix. What has been the one or two things that kind of stand out to you or, or make you raise an eyebrow the most in all of this? Well, that the headline of the press release and the headline that, that you see throughout media, like wrestling media, mainstream media reporting on this story, is that Vince McMahon has retired. And that's what I titled, you know, the, the Twitter spaces that you're mentioning. That's what I titled the live stream that we did with Jesse Collins last night. Um, 
and it kind of hit me. I haven't slept very much in the last <laughs> four hours or so. But it kind of hit me at like 2 a.m. last night that like we all just kind of swallowed that that word retire, which it, in all honesty, like I, I believe this man had no intention of ever retiring. I, I am of the belief that he was going to stop working for WWE the day that he was no longer able to, his health no longer allowed him to. And it, and I'm, I'm sure this was something that thought was put into from W media relations in terms of, well, because when I was talking about this since June 15th, since the story came out, well, is he going to have to resign? I can't imagine him resigning. You know, what would it take to, to convince him to resign? And retirement sounds like a much more innocent word. It sounds less mm-hmm. disgraceful. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. works because of his age, right? People who are 76 or 77, they retire. They are retired. Um, it makes it sound more more voluntary and more innocent. But in all actuality, this, this man resigned. He had no intention of retiring, in my view. Um, but that's, that's one thing that st- stood out to me. Mm. Uh, and, and what about you, Chris? Like when... When, you know, I know you had an opportunity to uh, participate uh, in the spaces with Brandon last night. So uh, kind of a day removed from this and maybe a day removed from some of that initial kind of like, oh, oh, wow, this is actually happening. Um, What are your major thoughts about it now? What are kind of some of the big takeaways uh, 24 hours later, man? Well, it's it's just one of those things where in corporate America, I just I know Vince. Vince McMahon has created this aura of invincibility around him, no pun intended. But um, I just, what I've seen in C- with CEOs throughout the years when they get caught in these grab-ass scenarios, um, it's, it, you always have to step down because it's just, it just mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, you you because um, corporate America doesn't work this in a similar fashion as politics, uh, they're they're not the exact same thing, you know. Uh, so I think Vince McMahon did the most honorable thing that a mm. dishonorable man <laughs> can do in this situation. Because, mm. I mean, okay, you, could, okay. you could go crawling in clay. But, like, the same thing happened with uh, John Schnatter from Papa John's when the, the, the N-word stuff happened with him. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yeah, you can – if nobody wants you there, then you're not – doing yourself any favors you know what i'm mm. saying if it's if it's looking bad with investors and stuff like that i just think this is right the the, the natural progression of things so like, what just hold on nah. oh, andrew because i want to follow the i want to follow the breadcrumbs chris just laid out though so if mm. if we're gonna make this analogous to you to your boy papa john what you're saying chris even though you're not really saying it shaquille o'neal new ceo wwe <laughs> well, that'll be something, right? No, I was just going to follow up with what Chris saying, like, coming out of this Vince stuff, it seemed like it's, it, it's so many questions, like, that I, that probably are going to be answered over the next four to five weeks or, or, or months or whatever it is, like, what happens to Kevin Dunn, like, right. like are you, I mean, essentially, John, I think it's, like, clear that John Laurinaitis is, is, is out. Because I mean, I, Triple H is, is resuming his role as the EVP of Talent Relations, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming that's you know that, that's a done deal. But like, is WWE's board uh, going to continue investigating Vince? Like, 
what's the what's the whole like creative situation looking like going forward? Like I feel like it's so many questions, and I feel like it's gonna be a very like interesting story to like continue to look at. But uh, this is like piggybacking off what Chris said uh, about you know Vince uh, bowing out. You know, I I, I do, and, and what Brandon added as well in terms of like using that word retirement. Like now that it's sort of like formatted that way, like it kind of makes you think about it, like. The retirement, it really isn't the word. It's, it's more so, so it is I, like you're just following up on what Brandon said. I think it was just a nicer way to put that, that he, you know, had to step away in this case. And and to me, Andrew, this has always been like, like we talked about last month. If there was going to be anything that was going to be able to move Vince out of the paint, it was probably going to revolve around the money. Right. Yeah. Because this dude is so entrenched in this company, so entrenched in this culture that it would have to be something that would mess with the money to get him out of the paint. And so, uh, Brandon, let me turn that to you, because obviously this is something that you follow in terms of the financials and the goings on in the boardroom. How much of that plays into this, quote unquote, retirement uh, of Vince McMahon? Because I think it's probably the most important thing uh, that would lead him to this decision. I, I would think that WWE's ability to negotiate a great TV deal for Raw and SmackDown, which is coming up next year. It's, it, it's probably going to be next year when a new deal is struck for Raw and SmackDown. Mm. Um, I believe they're going to get an increase, or at least before this, I believe they were going to get a 1.5x increase. Um, I've been arguing and had argued last week that I think they're going to get they're not they're going to have a, a, a challenge getting a 1.5x increase with. Vince McMahon still as their CEO or, or whatever status he's in, just the head of creative. Um, I, would, I, I would imagine that they had some some kickback from from business partners, maybe from their media partners, NBC Universal and Fox from this. Uh, mm. To the contrary to that, though, I, I did ask one person who's a media consultant earlier today uh, if if they thought that that was happening, that maybe <clears throat> excuse me, that maybe you know Fox and NBC Universal were, were expressing uh, concern about this, or maybe they would have fewer bidders for Raw and SmackDown. And the person said that that they doubt it. Um, but I've talked to other people who think who do who do TV deals as well, and they think that there was definitely something happening there. So, so. I get conflicting views from from people who have some direct experience with this, um, but uh, I I can't imagine what else would convince him to do this. I don't think that he just out of the decency yeah. of his heart right. decided I'm. It's just not in Vince Man's character. It's everything that I've witnessed no. for the last my entire life, I guess. Uh, yeah. That he he's he sees him. He's, he's not somebody who really admits to wrongdoing. He's somebody, and I, I don't know that he he would sincerely believe that he's done anything wrong in his view. Right. I think, yeah. you know, I think he lives in a, in a, in a different world in a different time with a different or maybe a lack of sense of, of moral values that he mm. thinks that this is, this is all consensual probably in his view. And he did, you know, what's, what's the big deal. Hey, hey so Brandon, would you, would you sort yeah. of like rule out the, the possibility that, um, you know, more, more stories coming out, like, like we saw uh, Ted Palazzolo and Ted man from the wall street journal. They, they talked about that in busted open radio about how, they were looking at potential other stories coming out and, you know, sort of seeing what they can, you know, find out and, and talk to more sources and stuff like that and talk to more people. Do you think that you would sort of rule out that being a reason why Vince would, would step away in this manner, like even though there could be more coming out uh, as far as those stories go? It, it could be the case that, and I believe HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumbel is working on it yes, too. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's not in this month. I know that's a monthly show. Maybe that's happening next month. Um, mm. But they may those outlets may be in Wall Street Journal, Real Sports with Brian Gumble, maybe reach out to W. Tast and questions, which may be 
cluing WWE in and Vince in on what their stories is, story is mm. going to be about. They may have a good idea uh, about what's still to come out, which I think there is still at least there's. I, I'm pretty confident that there's going to be real sports with HBO, HBO real sports with Brian Gumble. Yes. Yeah. There might be another Wall Street Journal piece. Andrew, you're, you're referring to the interview that, that those two reporters, mm-hmm. Ted Mann and Joe. Joe Palazzolo. Thank yeah. you. Uh, they, they did an interview with Busted Open, and, and they didn't promise that they were going to do a thorough article, but they were continuing right. to, to report. And I believe Mike, Mike Johnson from PW Insider has said that they are working on a story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily yeah. guaranteed to do a third story here, but they're still working on it. And I do hear things about them reaching out to, to people. Mm. So there's certainly more to come. And real quick, Chris, because uh, I, I, I got something I want to talk to Brandon about real quick. But also, I've seen that we do have some comments and, and some super chats. Chris, are you able to bring up the comments, or is that something only I have the power to do? Well, I don't have the power to do that yet. So you ain't got me... the power, Chris. Nah, Try clicking yet. on them. Somebody should be able to put it on. Them. <laughs> Maybe if you have the power, if you click on it. Does somebody sure. besides me have the power, or, or am I am I He Man in this situation? And y'all just the masters of the universe. It's yeah. the, it's the, the administrator has the power to okay. do this. I think okay. that's unique. Yeah. All right. So uh, I can do Chris, it on my own stream yard. <laughs> all right, Chris, you can go ahead with your point, and I will bring up some of the comments uh, while you are talking, my brother. So yeah, I I, I guess I, I I want to know because what I'm the question I'm getting the most, uh, Brandon. I think you're the person to ask this to. Is is people keep asking me? Is this smoke and mirrors? Is this real? They can't wrap their head around. Um, so I see your super the super chap up, um, but they can't wrap their uh, brain around the idea that uh, Vince is really gone, and we still know he's the majority shareholder in WWE. So how exactly does that work with him being away from the decision-making process, the creative process in WWE, but is still able to, you know, make money with WWE? All right. So, so Vince owns about 37% of the shares. He has special class B shares. So each one of his shares counts 10 times versus most everybody else's. So essentially he has about 80% of the voting power right now. Um, I did the math earlier today. He can sell his shares down, you know, he can sell like just over 10 million, 10 or 11 million of his shares down and still be in majority control. Um, that would, that would liquidate if, if the stock holds up, that would liquidate like over $700 million. Um, what does that mean? I, for one thing, I, I, believe it means that there's an annual shareholders meeting every April and he has the power to, uh, I don't know if he has the power to nominate the shareholders, but he definitely has the power to, to, uh, approve of them and to vote on them. Um, he would probably have to approve of any sale of WWE because I'm, I believe us if, uh, NBC universal slash Comcast were to acquire or get close to acquiring WWE, I would think that that's something that comes down to a shareholder vote. Um, but I think day to day, if, you know, he's truly out of power, and I understand people's skepticism about that, uh, but if he's truly out of power day to day, I don't think he has any authority to do much else besides these sort of high level transaction decisions and, and uh, board, board, of, uh, direct, board of directors decisions. 
Um, mm-hmm. right. So, so th- that's what's happening there. Now, on the other hand, you know, he's still uh, the father of the, one of the co-CEOs, mm-hmm. and he's probably got a close relationship with the other co-CEO, Nick Khan. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that Stephanie and Vince are going to continue to talk about business and Vince is probably going to function as a, you know, as a de facto advisor for the rest mm-hmm. of his life. A liaison, if you will. Yes. <laughs> hey, can you bring that super chat back up again? Cause, uh, so we could highlight it. And, yeah. Uh, okay. So sending all y'all my love. Thank you for Saturday night and kudos to Andrew for being a news machine this week. Yes. Get some rest soon, bro. <laughs> yeah. Very, very little sleep this week, man. But I, I, I live for it, man. I live for it. It's all good. Yeah. 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 I, here's another comment that I think is directed uh, directly, squarely at Chris that I think we need to highlight real quick. There we go. <laughs> Chris out here spoil, spoiling ROH for the people. Come on, dog. I know. I'm, I'm getting. I'm channeling my inner Tony Shabani. Uh, that'll yes. put butts in seats. <laughs> <laughs> don't bother to turn into ROH. Serena yeah, Deeb is on right now. <laughs> and the Blue Jays aren't playing tonight, so we safe on that front, fellas. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I also I, wanted I, to highlight a yeah. comment from Marcus Vanderberg. Uh, says shout um, out to a. Uh, Brandon, brother Brandon, he light skinned up here in the, on the Anubian record. He said he light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate well, that, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing. Um, so, like, um, I, I do think that Vince McMahon, um, for any naysayers out there, I do really think, um he's not going to be a part of the decision-making process Mm. in WWE for um, the foreseeable future. I just don't see um, the sense that would make to tell um, the public, you know, false information. um, And then, um, you know, get, get, get the stockholders angry at you for no reason. Right. Um, so I do think I don't think this is full fool's gold. What is what's Steve Willie saying? Yeah, Steve Willie. If Vince were actually retiring, you know there'd be weeks of televised celebrations. And thanks for getting Papa John's sweaty face in my head. <laughs> oh yeah, no problem. But that, shout out man. to you, Steve. Hey, yeah. hey Nate. Hey Nate. I want, I want to actually want to ask you, like, what, what did you think about Stephanie McMahon uh, leading the crowd at SmackDown in Boston to get the thank you Vince chance? I mean, it's it's kind of par for the course, right? This right, and right. I want to say this as as diplomatically, I guess is the good word, Brandon, as possible. Like this is the same person that compared the terrorist attacks, you know, the nine eleven attacks, to her father, you know, being taken to court, sued by the government. Uh, so yeah. these folks, I think Brandon mentioned it earlier, they kind of live in this bubble that is not. I don't want to go as far as to say detached from reality, but it's certainly an alternate reality that most of us are living in day to day. So it didn't surprise me, man. Like the thank you, Vince. Like, because I think that's something, and that's something we could talk about here in a little bit. Because when you look at Vince McMahon, much like when you look at, you know, somebody, and then this might get a little crazy here. When you look at somebody like a Bill Cosby. Right. When you look at somebody like, uh, like a R. Kelly. 
yeah. when you look at somebody like a Michael Jackson, when you look at somebody uh, like uh, like a Elvis Presley, you know, got a movie out right now starring Tom Hanks in a fat suit. When you look at somebody like Elvis Presley, there is always this discussion around art versus artist. And with yeah. Vince, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like you can credit Vince with a lot of stuff, man. Hey, hey, they, they, they had to cut you off, but you could throw uh, you could throw Benoit in that loop. They do the people sure. do the same thing, right? Yeah. Let me let me finish my, my train of thought real quick, Chris. So I think <laughs> with Vince, and I'll kick it around so everybody can get get a chance to answer this one. With Vince, I think you cannot diminish what he has meant to this business, right? You cannot diminish the fact that pretty much our modern interpretation, our modern expectations, our modern definition of this sport have been in some way, shape, or form molded by this one dude for better or for worse uh so you got to give him credit on that level but that to me does not excuse the behavior it does not excuse the behavior that we've been talking about this past month and it certainly doesn't excuse the behavior for the past three or four decades of this dude's life right like this is not a good dude this is not a good person this is you know chris you said he's a he's a dishonorable man doing an honorable thing and i think dishonorable might even be too generous for the character of this person, at least from what I have read, what I have heard, what I've seen people yeah. say, uh, you know, and, and it, it extends to the on-screen product when we're talking about <laughs> some of the racist stuff, some of the sexist stuff, some of the homophobic stuff, like the stereotypes that we've talked about over the years in this company. You cannot excuse that just because this dude made you feel good at WrestleMania 19 or at SummerSlam 92. Like he did some good stuff, but he also was part and parcel of creating some of the, or, or at least encouraging some of the toxic behaviors and toxic opinions in this sport. And I'll, I'll leave it here with this, Chris, and, and toss it over to you. It reminds me of the old Chris Rock joke about America's relationship with black people, right? Yeah. Like, America is the land of opportunity, but it's, it's also kind of like the uncle that paid your way through college, but then, you know, abused awesome. you yeah. every summer. And that's how I look at Vince McMahon. Like, Vince created a lot of this. Like, there's a chance... The four of us wouldn't be talking right now if not for Vince McMahon, because I'm sure seeing some of those old shows back in the day was part of what got us hooked into wrestling. But that don't excuse the behavior, and and, and that's that's what I got to say about that, Chris. Um, yeah, um, I I see a lot of like um, the the human condition. Um, we are very attached uh, to memories, right? Mm. Especially mm. like the the older we get those mm. uh, childhood and youth memories just mean that much more to us, right? So, like, with somebody like a, um, R. Kelly or Bill Cosby or any of these people, Chris Benoit, and I'm not even, we're not judging who d- is the worst. Right, right, right. I, I, right. I got no time for that bullshit. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but people, people f- remember where they were and who they were with and how mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. felt when the Ignition remix came out, right? Yes. And people remember being young and with their friends when uh, Benoit won the world title at WrestleMania 20 and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So those memories are important. And I don't like to, you know, tell people, oh, don't have a fondness for those memories because that's certainly your prerogative. Me personally, with someone like R. Kelly or Benoit or even like Vince McMahon, you know, I can 
I can ap- appreciate their contributions to society in a vacuum, but I just have a hard time celebrating them. Um, I, um, uh, Michael Jackson, I'm, I'm never giving up ever. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's just uh, <laughs> come for me later. But, uh, but uh, Michael, but yeah, but, but these people, I just, um, I feel a, a way about, um, you know, I, I just, R. Kelly, I can't listen to his music anymore. Right. And feel good about it. I just can't. And then why I can't watch his matches and, and feel good about those either. You know what I'm saying? And I, I thought it was kind of like when Jordan uh, Grace, was it was it Jordan Grace that made that? Yeah, Jordan Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, when she made that tweet and the way the uh, wrestling community kind of came for her, I thought that was a little um, disingenuous because at the end of the day, this guy did, you know, he didn't what he do did. what he did. Yeah. There's no, there's no yeah. hiding behind that, man. Right, and, I, right. and I and I say this as somebody who has killers in my uh, friend, friends and families, who people who have been in jail and who've, who are in jail for heinous things. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, it is. It just is. It just is what it is. You know, um, it's it's in Vince McMahon. Um, you can appreciate the moments, mm-hmm. but we have to understand that this guy um, has not answered for anything he's done as far as these mm-hmm. accusations are concerned for the last, um, you know, 30 whatever years it's been. And, and that's mm-hmm. what bugs me the most about it is just... <clears throat> okay, you're being accused of stuff, but anytime he's accused, the company like runs away from it or hides behind it. Or mm-hmm. but if but if anybody does any little thing to WWE to leave a black mark on it, you get the self destruction of Ultimate Warrior, or you get mm. Sasha and Naomi left Ooh, us and disgraced us, and or you get it. you know all the the you get billionaire Ted's wrestling war room and Hulk and the Huckster and the Nacho man mm. and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And this is kind of the environment he's been cultivating for years. You know what I'm saying? It's like WWE, we are the good guys and anybody that does anything against us are the bad guys, you yeah. know? And if you're hey. in the WWE universe, it's an offense to you personally as well. Hey, hey, Chris, I, I thought that was a real good point you brought up about, like, people having, like, being attached to memories and stuff like that, and especially those personal connections, because I, I, there was, like, a conversation sort of going around on social media yesterday about some of the former employees of Vince McMahon, you know, speaking so highly of him, all, although they know about these, you know, allegations mm-hmm. that are against him and have known about past allegations that are still out there, you know, as, as specifically referring to the Rita Chattis and stuff uh, that has that uh, resurfaced over the last month and so like I, I think that's an interesting conversation to have as far as like these people they they when they see Vince I, I think that they view him as this individual who changed their lives from a financial standpoint yes. and I think that they have a yeah. sort of affinity to him <sighs> as like or, or some type of like allegiance to him for what he has done for them and and they can sort of 
look past everything that is being said about him and everything that he's being accused of and just view him as this individual that has benefited them from a personal standpoint and not looking at what he's contributing, not a contributor, but what he's done, uh, you know, all, all the wrongdoings that he's done that has been, and most of that stuff has been resurfaced as of late. Yeah, and he's placed himself in the role of the victim too, right? Vince McMahon, that he's he's done a great job of that. He's 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 told people for decades, whether it be uh, Phil Mushnick, who I I personally do not like Phil Mushnick. I think he's a is a is a racist and a shitty journalist. That's my opinion mm-hmm. of the guy, but. But when he the stuff he was writing about WWE in the nineties was, for all its for for the most part it was true, right? Mm. But you know Vince McMahon is able to make himself a victim out of that. He's able to make himself a victim when uh, Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff are buying up all these wrestlers. He's able uh, to turn the whole company into victims with, with yeah. the stand up for WWE campaign. You know what I'm saying? That mm. is what the best abusers on the planet. That is their MO. It's like, I, it's the gaslighting and it's the, right, I am right. the victim. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's don't believe uh, this person, believe that person. That's why certain people um, got, um, and, and I'm not taking sides in this situation, but with the Johnny Depp thing, so certain people felt that that was what Johnny Depp was doing mm. in the Amber he- Amber Heard case. Yeah. Um, and it's also my, projection from your audience in a lot of cases in terms right. of who they support. Uh, but real quick, Chris, I want to bring attention to this comment from Michael. And Michael, we appreciate you watching, brother. Uh, we, let, we, we welcome everybody's uh, opinions here on the show. Michael says it is totally ridiculous. Whatever happened is between Vince and the females. It is known as business. It is no one's business what happened to that. I would say, Michael, I disagree because here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can say this is a personal thing. You can say this is a consensual thing. Just because it's consensual does not mean that it is morally right. Does not mean that it is ethically right. And Chris, Chris, you can speak on this, man, in business. Yeah. What what might be legally right ain't always ethically right. And sometimes that's what you get you got. And this is probably not legally right either. That's I think That's people, the thing. Exactly. people are people are hearing this story and they're they're jumping to this conclusion, especially if you are a um, a, a, a WWE diehard, a stand up for WWE person. You will read this story. It's like, oh, I don't see what's wrong with this. Vince McMahon paid seven million dollars to a bunch of women for for blowjobs over the years or whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but if it's quid pro quo involved and um, it was, you know, again, read my article, God damn it. Plug for WrestleNomics, plug for WrestleNomics. I'm just saying, I, 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 I explain yeah, this ad nauseum. It's, 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 it's um, it is. It's on the front page wrestlingomics.com right now. You can read it. Yeah. Yes. Talk to him, Brad. Talk yeah, to him. Let him know where they can find it. If, if you, you cannot be a boss of a company mm. and and um, put a employee, no matter right. if they're male or female, in a position to where they feel they have to do sexual favors for you in order to keep their job. Mm. <clears throat> I brought up Meritor Savings Bank. Uh, Vincent versus Meritor Savings Bank. 
um, this was a Supreme Court case back in the 70s. Um, the whole idea behind that and the reason why uh, why um, why it's an important case is because the victim in that case felt that if she, she didn't continue having sex with her boss, that she would lose her job. And then she yep. took a vacation from work. And then all of a sudden, she got fired from her job. Mm-hmm. And then when you dig deep into the woods of the case, it looked like he fired her because she got tired of the sexual relationship and she ended it. That's where where the uh, power dynamic comes into play. And this is where the legal, where it could be against the law, too, is now yeah. this person's job is uh, indicative of them maintaining this sexual relationship with you. So we yeah. you, it, so um, Michael, you are um, factually probably wrong. We don't know the details of what's going on with Vince and stuff, but you can't just jump to the conclusion that this guy is innocent and it is just his business. Um, right. and, and and also Vince was accused of worse things than this quid yes. pro quo shit. He was accused of actual rape. That's probably going to be harder to prove, but this quid pro quo stuff, if he, if it either happened or it didn't happen, they admit that this it's on the books that this woman got a goddamn 100% raise. And it was she almost got a two hundred percent raise, a two hundred percent raise for a paralegal. One hundred percent is bad enough. It's like it's it's like Jesus Christ. What kind of paralegal was this woman you get to go from one hundred thousand dollars a year to two hundred thousand dollars a year? And Vince actually wanted to pay her three hundred thousand dollars a year if if those accounts are true. This is nuts. Yeah, God. it definitely is. Like, like I, I think Chris hit it on the, hit the nail on the head, man. That power dynamic is just like absolutely ridiculous. But you to be a company head or a CEO and to be right. sort of like gaslighting an individual in that way, it's like, hey, just be quiet, don't say nothing. Like I'm gonna keep paying you and up your pay and doing this. You're like enticing this person to want to be quiet, but at the same time, you're suppressing their story and you're suppressing what you've been doing to them in that gaslighting. So, yeah, I, I think Chris, what, what Chris just said, you hit the nail on the head. I ain't cut you off, Brandon. Very good. And, and so we have, I think, our six different allegations across yeah. from, from 1986 uh, with Rita Chatterton. And then we have various allegations in, in the last 20 years or so, um, four of which we have learned about recently through the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and each case is different. There's everything from Rita Chatterton alleging rape to sexual harassment, un- unwanted pictures and things like that. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we just spent some time just now talking about one of those situations, yeah. which is the, the paralegal story, which was the, the main subject of the, of the first Wall Street Journal story. Um, n- none of these women, by the way, say that what happened between them and Vince was consensual or wanted, um, mm. even though Vince may say that it is consensual. Um, none of them have gone on the record to say that it is consensual. Um, so there's, there's that part. And, and, and if anything, you've got Rita Chatterton, you've got, uh, one of the unnamed women in, in the second wall street journal story saying she was coerced into oral sex. That means she didn't want it, want to mm-hmm. do it. Um, she was coerced into it. Um, and then you have, uh, 
two cases of sexual harassment. The, the, the older story from 2006 at the tanning salon where a woman was being given unwanted nude photos of Vince yeah. by Vince. And then you had, I believe he tried to force himself on her, uh, allegedly. And then we have an, another story of unwanted nude photos being sent by Vince to, to an employee at WB. So if anything, we have stories to the contrary, or at least allegations to the contrary, that any of this was, was consensual or wanted. Yeah. And we're going to stay with Brandon here for a second. I'm going to bring up this comment from Steve, but because I also want to get Brandon's opinion on separating Vince, the creator, versus Vince, uh, the, the accused here. Uh, but Steve says, Nate, you know what I do for a living. If I had a consensual relationship with the supervisee, I'm losing my license and facing jail time. Yes, mm. you are absolutely 100% right. correct, Steve. Like Chris mentioned, that, uh, that power dynamic that, that is there. Uh, and, and Brandon. So, Brandon, when we're talking about Vince, like the architect of modern wrestling in a sense, uh, versus Vince, the human being that has so many, many, many faults, uh, some on the record, a lot probably hidden from the records or stricken from the records. Uh, what, what is your opinion, you know, as, as both somebody that covers this stuff in detail and also as somebody that loves this stuff, man? Like, you know, let, let's not get it twisted. Yes, we're, we're analyzing this, but we all we wouldn't be here if we didn't love this stuff. So how do you kind of reconcile that in your mind with Vince? Um, I've had a, a I, I don't know Vince, but I have a complicated relationship with, with Vince and his product for a long time. But I, he's clearly the most influential person in, in wrestling in my lifetime, at least. I don't think anybody else comes close. I don't even know yeah. who would be number two. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's not, not clear off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I think. Not, his, not you, Tony Khan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, I think Vince's story, his life story. I've, you know, I've thought this, really, kind of realized this thought years ago, is that his story is, is a uniquely American story in that mm. he definitely perceives himself, and to some extent it's true, he, he, he has this life of disadvantage where he grew, grew up in a trailer park and mm. he had you know, a, a, a mother and a stepfather who were abusive to him. And he believes that he has no privilege and that he ha had to do everything himself and grab his own bootstraps. And I, I think he greatly discounts the fact that his father was a wrestling promoter that allowed him to become a wrestling promoter. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. As Chris was mentioning, he has all of these grievances and all of these ways in which he's being treated unfairly and is a victim, whether that's the media and columnists like Phil Mushnick, <clears throat> perhaps his, perhaps his latest feeling is against the wall street journal. Um, yeah. The United States government indicting him for conspiracy to distribute steroids. Um, all the while, he's this entrepreneur who did concoct a very successful business, uh, and it's and it's all about entertainment. And a lot of that entertainment uh, exploits caricatures of of you know yeah. racist and sexist and homophobic mm -hmm. characters. He put like goddamn half the industry, probably seventy five percent of the industry, out of business with this with his creation. You know what I'm saying? He kind of just destroy the territory system as well. Yeah. And it's, since I was a, a teenager, I grew, I grew up as a teenager in the Attitude Era. And, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, this was when, you know, wrestling was at the most popular it, it's, it's ever been or it's ever been in my lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. And I got really, really into it. But I was into it as a younger kid, too. I ended up becoming a wrestler. And mm -hmm. I 
there's a, there's a, I remember clearly a night where like my grandfather came over and wrestling was at like the height of its popularity. And I must've been like in the other room watching wrestling or something like that. And I can't, he was over for dinner and we all, we, so we got to the dinner table and he, and he was, you know, sort of, you know, decrying the way that wrestling was now. <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all this, you know, it's all this, you know, sexualized and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and violent nonsense. It's not like how it was back in, I don't know, Bruno's day or Ilya the yeah. day or something like that. And like as a teenager, I felt like really, really ashamed of it. Like, oh man, my, my grandfather doesn't like it. And I, I think there's, maybe there's some bias from moments like that or of, of becoming a wrestler and having to explain to people what wrestling is or them already having a preconceived notion about what wrestling is. And, mm. and I, I would think, you know, well, maybe people wouldn't have, maybe wrestling wouldn't have such a stigma if Vince didn't create the product that he creates. And right. I, and then we get into mm-hmm. e- economic ways in which he could, he could make a better product and make his product more, po- more popular and more profitable. Um, but I guess we're, and he's, he's done a lot to try to change, to try to change the perception. He's done a lot to try to change the packaging of his product and not call it pro wrestling and to call it something else and call it WWE and sports entertainment. But at ultimately, at his core, he's still producing, you know, this, this carny, this carny yeah. sophomoric product. He wants to change the outside, but he doesn't ultimately have the ability to change what's inside. Right. Um, and on the, on the subject of, I guess, the way people feel about him that we're seeing a lot of in the last couple of days mm-hmm. um, with people praising him for, oh, my God, he was such a big part of my childhood. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think wrestling will survive without Vince McMahon. I, we're we're mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. comments from people. And I understand if, if, you, if you worked for him and you made a living, you have a, you know, a yeah. great life because of him. That's one thing. Um, but we're seeing a lot of people, you know, fans and even people in, in wrestling media really praising him and, and thanking him. And, and this, in my opinion, this, it's embarrassing display in Boston where, you know, he's, you know, stuffing his leading a thank you Vince chant. Um, but wrestling yeah. will survive without Vince. Oh, yeah. It what, survives. What I... Go ahead. No, go, you go ahead and finish. <laughs> uh, wrestling was popular before Vince McMahon. Wrestling right. was popular during Vince McMahon. If Vince McMahon wasn't there during the 80s and 90s and 2000s, it still would have been popular. Uh, I don't know if it would have been as popular, but it would have survived. Wrestling will survive after Vince McMahon. Um, What what gets on my nerves about a lot of WWE wrestlers um, is just the way they sell themselves short as to what their own accomplishments and what their own contributions were to mm-hmm. WWE. It's not like Vince McMahon just gave you a bunch of shit. You were paid to do a job and yes. you did the job well. It was a symbiotic relationship. And Vince McMahon has, again, he's created this environment with a bunch of subservient people to him in this one industry where it's like, oh, Vince McMahon gave me so much. He didn't give you a fucking thing (laughs) you worked for him and he compensated you for Mm -hmm, making mm -hmm. his company money and in the process you made yourself money you don't have to have this this ass kissing thing it's like with me and my job that my first professor job changed my life forever but i also helped the school out 
because they had a need for diversity that wasn't there before I got there. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I and, and, and um, again, Alice Walker says you lose your power by thinking you do not have any power. You know what I'm saying? Talk to him. All these people, the New Day, Steve Austin, um, the, the Hulk Rock. Hogan, The Rock, all of these people, they contributed to Vince. Vince McMahon didn't do this shit by his fucking by himself. Yes, yeah, talk to him, Chris. It's, it's, talk it's, to it's, him. It's, 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 this, this attitude has to die. Bro, like, I, I, I was saying the same thing, Chris. Like, <clears throat> just to piggyback on what you were saying, like, this idea that it was like this whole thing that we all talk about is, is just Vince. I'm talking about specifically right. related to WWE, yeah. like it's Vince and Vince only. He has had an abundance of people who have come along throughout his tenure as the CEO and chairman of WWE that have helped him establish WWE as to what it is on the creative part and also has helped on that on that business side as well. You can look at people, mm-hmm. Bruce Pritchard, uh, Brian Gewertz, and all these variety of the wrestlers in themselves, the production people, the light stage. It's so many people that help make this thing go. Yeah. It's not just him. He, he's the face of it in terms of like when you look at the, the WWE brand, that's Vince McMahon's thing or yeah. was Vince McMahon's thing at this yeah. point. Yeah, and, they, so and they're doing it. associated with him. And they're doing it at the expense of their own livelihood and body and exactly. times exactly. with their family and all that exactly. shit. Let, let me read this by my boy, uh, Henry Thompson. He's a, a fellow professor uh, in in the South Carolina area. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you for the $10 super chat. Thanks for the show. Uh, Team Chris, when I mentioned what I'm referring to, any disciplinary measure that results from the injury, will this resignation get him off the hook for his action? Okay, so so this the thing with quid pro quo in most situations that the way I understand it is <clears throat> it's not the same as like. I wouldn't call it consensual sex, but it's not forcible sex either. What it is, is you put somebody in a weird situation where they have to choose between going broke or Mm -hmm. having sex with you. There are a lot of people um, who Vince is probably, who Vince is proposition that probably said no to him at the risk of making money. But, and the, but there's a lot of people who said yes to him for, you know, in that same vein. And you, everybody's situation is different. So I think the most that we can hope for with Vince is that, um, you know, if he gets sued, he loses. I don't, I don't see mm-hmm. Vince getting any uh, jail time for this. I, no. I just don't see it happening because it's, it's, not, it's not technically a rape. Hey, hey, oh, hey Nate. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Andrew. No, I actually wanted to ask you, man. Like, uh, I know you probably saw the Rita Chatters and stuff popped out. I know Brandon mentioned uh, Brandon mentioned it, like I'll say, like 10 minutes ago or so. But, like, yeah. that has recently resurfaced uh, primarily because of that New York Magazine feature. And did she actually, when they did an interview with the, um, I got the, the Cheap Heat Productions podcast, she like sat down with them for like 20, mm. 20 minutes or so. And she was asked about uh, this. This was before his his uh, resignation as CEO and stuff. This was when the uh, the first I think it was after the second Wall Street Journal article had dropped. Like it, it just uh, specifically speaking on that, like, do, do you think in terms of like the conversation about what Vince paid for this? Like even with that, that that whole story been out there, she openly spoke about it. Like she's on record multiple times speaking about it. 
Like, but with that situation being out there for so long, and like yeah. he is not paid for that in a bit. Do, do you think that sort of is like going to be of similar vein in terms of like what's going on right now? Like the fact that he's she she has accused this man of sexually assaulting her, and like that story has been out there for decades at this point. Yeah, since ninety one. Yeah, and he has not yeah. like paid uh, the suffer the lick uh, a bit for that at all. Yeah, well, then that's the thing, Andrew. Like there are like we're, we're right now like the last month as uh, Brandon alluded to, like we've been kind of focusing on, you know, two or three now six, you know, particular stories that have happened recently where this man has a track record, right. Of allegations of people that have come up and said things against him. And there's, I, th- I think you said earlier, Chris, uh, somebody asked you, you know, will Vince be held accountable? And the answer to me quite simply is no, because there's no way like you might, he might get held accountable for one of these things. Yeah. But, the the people that he has hurt along the way, man. And, right. I you know, think I I think this right now is him. Be, I think accountability again. It just depends on what your definition of accountability is, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if you're if you're if you're thinking jail time, I just do not see that happening. No, I mean we right, come right, on, right, we know right. Vince ain't going this, to no jail. This this public shaming is yeah. accountability, accountability on right. a certain level. You know what I'm saying? It might yeah. not be the accountability that you want. But, and it's not even what I want or what you want or yeah. what Brandon wants or what Andrew wants. It's what these victims want, right? What these people that he has yeah. done this stuff to. Because I think that's a part of the story that kind of gets lost in the vents of it all. And I, I do want to make sure that we at least talk about it a little bit tonight. Is that, man, you, you don't traumatize people, dog. Like, regardless of whether, you know, this yeah. crossed the line into forcible sex or, you know, it's in that gray area, Chris. You don't hurt a yeah. lot of people, man. And... You got the nerve and the gall and the audacity to still be out here talking about, you know, we in this together. Yeah, and we got to talk about Vince. Let's cheer for Vince, man. And, and, and we got to have... talk about Titus O'Neil too. So yeah, oh we talk my about? god, we already know we're gonna talk about. Oh Titus my goodness, man! Uh, but but you have the audacity to kind of be out here, you know, painting yourself. It's it's the classic Vince move. I'm gonna paint myself as somebody who's being besieged. Like, like mm-hmm. all these issues, all these problems that I caused are coming back to come and get me. What, where's all these consequences coming from, right? And it, there's no, there's no accountability, in my opinion, by by Vince over these years. Uh, what, what one thing I did want to touch on though before we got into some of the other issues surrounding this, though, Brandon, was something uh Kate had said last night on uh the SmackDown review that I hadn't heard or if I'd read it, you know, I'd, I'd uh, you know forgotten about it. Uh, was there something in all of this about, you know, and maybe it's, you know, the payments, uh, the hush money, if you will, like the misappropriation of the funds? Was, is, is that something uh, that, that could be, um, you know, part of what, you know, got Vince, you know, in this situation where he is over the past 24 hours? It, it looks like the $12 million that he spent to get these women to sign NDAs is his mm-hmm. personal money. Um, what's not mm. personal money is is the salary of of the former paralegal who started with a $100,000 salary and, as Chris mentioned, had her salary doubled to $200,000. The second Wall Street Journal article says that he wanted her salary tripled to $300,000. That's <laughs> ridiculous. They, they settled man. on 200000 Now, if she was being compensated company money, um, maybe there's there's an argument that that, that was defrauding the company. Mm. Mm. So – and and I, I made this illusion earlier. I was watching uh, True Hill Heat. Shout out to SP3 and Chrissy Love and Steffi and, and the crew over there, Romeo. Uh, like, 
this kind of feels to me, Andrew, uh, like Al Capone, right? Like what got Al Capone wasn't the bootlegging. Yeah, it was. Um, wasn't the, the gun running. The tax evasion. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't right. Wasn't the murdering. It was the tax evasion and ultimately the syphilis. But more importantly, it was the tax evasion. <laughs> it was the tax evasion that got yeah. Al Capone. And, and so in this way, it kind of feels like like maybe it's not the moral stuff here. So much that's going to get Vince. It's, hey, dog, you, you, you mess with the church's money. It's a business side. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Because that, 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 that's, kind of, that's kind of pathetic that that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it is, though. That's probably what it likely is that it's the business side that getting it opposed to the moral stuff that's getting to them. Now, that's Right. Because sick, bro. WWE is a big company, yeah. so um, I, I I imagine I don't know how many paralegals that they have working for them, but I imagine a um, uh, hundred thousand. Said I didn't get a hundred thousand uh, dollars right out of college when I uh, became mm-hmm. a paralegal. Um, but um, hey, maybe you should have stepped up your paralegal game, dog. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know a hundred thousand is a is about right what i would say right for a good paralegal right yeah. two hundred thousand is is that that's just just money that i can't even fathom for a, a paralegal uh for for that particular line of work um it's mm. it's just insane and um using company funds to do that um, if if I was a shareholder in that company, I, I would definitely have questions about that. Um, it, it just because it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. Um, update: Samoa Joe uh, made Jay Lethal tap. Uh, Damn, Chris! No, no spoilers. <laughs> Chris out here just spoiling. I I Tony Giovanni. Hey. hey. I, I do th- uh, TK. I do think it's it's weird how I I got an invite to one media call and haven't gotten another one since. I haven't gotten another email at all. So, um, and he attacked your scooter. So maybe maybe it's beef between you and TK on these. Scooters. I know that maybe there's something going on there that hey. I don't know about. Hey, hey, y'all, remind me real quick. When did that second Wall Street Journal article drop? Like, what was what was the exact date of that? If, y'all, if any of y'all remember, can y'all recall like at all? Like was it Friday? Session. The first one was June fifteenth. The first one was mm-hmm. June fifteenth, and the second one was was it was it early or late July? Oh, not not late July. We in July right now, but was it like? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember that because I, I, the only reason I was bringing that up because I had remembered when one of the boys July eighth. July eighth. Oh, Brandon. So I, I want actually want to ask you that. I remember the dude uh, was Connor Connor Shell. He was on the board of directors. Yeah, he had he had yes. he resigned from the board of directors like the day before that second Wall Street Journal article dropped? Because I, I know that he resigned on the 7th of July, and you just said that, you said that board of directors, I mean, that um, second Wall Street Journal article dropped on the 8th. Mm, if, that, if that's correct. So that, that, yeah. that was like a sort of interesting, like, timing thing. Like, of course, I don't know if he was tipped off, he knew, or maybe it just had something to do with the last story, but I thought that was like sort of an interesting thing. Like, I remember when that happened, that was like, it didn't, it, the next day that Wall Street Journal article dropped. Yeah, so Connor Shell is is one of the producers behind ESPN Thirty for Thirty, I think. Mm, um, yeah, he, yep. he was he was a relatively new uh, appointment to the, to the board of directors. He's a former client of Nick Khan at CAA, mm. um, so he was on. He'd only not not been on the board of directors that long, uh, but they, they put out a filing 
you know, saying that Mr. Shell's decision, this is, this is, this is, yeah. this is an Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Thompson coverage here. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Shell's decision is to resign from the board was not due to any dispute or disagreement with the company, its management or the board or on any matter relating to the company's operations, policies or practices. So they, they got some sentences in there to say, yeah, there's nothing happening here. He, he's, he is, um, he's, He's he has an expanded role at the North Road Company, which was a, mm. somebody rolling up some other companies together. So he there's there, there may be something to that. Um, mm. I, I don't know if that's enough to right. really resign right. from the board, but they they have they have a, a justification anyway. Mm. Uh, Brandon, real quick, because before you know, I, we we got to get into Titus here, unfortunately. Uh, but, oh man! <laughs> but uh, in in terms of like you mentioned, Nick Khan, like I think something I've seen a lot, and maybe it's it's just the mentality of wrestling fans. Sometimes, like there's always got to be some type of intrigue, some type of story. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are casting this as some sort of secession or Game of Thrones or something of that nature, where you got Nick and Stephanie and and Triple H and and all these moving chairs and Pritchard and Kevin Dunn. So how much of that do you buy into kind of the talk on the internet about, you know, this, this sort of civil war uh, in the boardroom for the WWE, how much is there any truth to that? Or how much is just kind of fodder that, that uh, the humanoids is out here talking about, man. You asking me, Nate? Yes. You put the camera on me, so I guess you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hosting the show. I'm directing the show, bringing up the comments and the super chats. I got this on live. You're direct, directing a lot of traffic here. Uh, so I, I think there, there's there's the meme. I think Nikon has kind of become a meme to, to at least Twitter, to, to mm. things that I see and I see shared, right? Like the, the Moral Combat. The Moral Combat. What opponent saying? scream, you know, yeah. he's going up, up the ladder. Um, yeah. Uh, I think. I tend to doubt there's a ton of truth to Nikon being this master manipulator who's going yeah. through each opponent one by one. Um, he did climb the ladder at CAA, so that's something. Mm. I, I think I don't think Nikon came to WWE in, in August 2020 and, and said, "Okay, this is how I can take out this person and this person, and that, that this right. is how I can consolidate this department." I don't think it's as calculated as, right. as that. Um, I think. I think Stephanie, but should an opportunity arise, do you think that he – and again, this is all conjecture. This is not – you know, this is yeah. speculation. Do you think he'd be the type of person that would hop on that opportunity? I, I don't know. I, I feel like we don't really know. Hey, Brandon, real quick. Yes. Like, I, I remember that uh, this interview that Nick Khan had did with Ariel Hawani. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think it was before SummerSlam last year. He was doing like a series of interviews, and I remember he got asked about how – that, that sort of the memes that we're talking about right now, how Nick Khan is portrayed as this sort of mastermind who's coming into yes. WWE and trying to climb the ranks. And I remember his exact wording was, if I'm the person that people look at, and, and it, I think it was like this was specifically referring to all these people being released from WWE and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He was just like, if I'm the person that people look at as this person who is causing all this this rift in WWE, then I will take that. Like, but he did. He he never confirmed or actually said right. that. Or, or really got into the nitty gritty of like what he's done and what he hasn't done. But he was just like, if people want to place that on me and say that I'm this quote unquote boogeyman, then I will take that. And like, I, I didn't really know what to make of that. Like, it, it's like like how Brandon said, it's it's kind of hard to like actually have a like a direct. Like, no, I, sort I, of I, comment on it or some accurate on it. Think, like unless he, I think I, comments I, like that at that time, 
You're, you're uh, talking about the SummerSlam of last yeah, year. Just yeah, SummerSlam of last year. Yeah. I think comments like just like WWE <clears throat> content, that those are intended for an audience of one. I think those are intended for the consumption mm, yeah. of Vince McMahon to say, hey, look, I'll, mm. I'll be a shield for this. Right, right, right. And I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll be a good I, soldier. I, yeah. I, 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 I uh, tend to believe that Nick Khan is never going to be the sole person in charge of WWE. Um, from what I know of corporate America is just too nepotistic for that to happen. There's too much nepotism there. Cause look at how Vince McMahon threw Stephanie under the bus and triple H under the bus, like in the span of the year. And mm-hmm. now both of them are in power positions of that company. I think at the end of the day, you want your blood in charge. It's, it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. I think that um, Nick Khan is kind of there to be um, a bad guy and to catch a couple strays and stuff like that. But he's much like Trish Stratus. Uh, he's not daddy's little girl. Uh, he's <laughs> he he is an interloper in that company, mm. uh, and I could just never I I and as as mad as Vince gets at gets at Steph, or even his uh, doofus son-in-law, um, <laughs> doofus son-in-law, <laughs> CM Punk's words. CM Punk, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I I just don't see uh, them getting bypassed for someone that's not family. Yeah. I mean, in, in the immortal words of the American <clears throat> prophet and uh, philosopher, Nino Brown, mm-hmm. it's always business. Hey, man, hey, man. They, Never they personal. More, and they call him more family than Shane. Shane is the um is the uh is is the Trump niece in that family. What's what's mm, like, Oh, yeah. Mary yeah. Trump out here. Mary, on Mary, yeah. Mary uh, Trump. Hey, yeah. Hey, I have that book, like, too, I, by the way. I, I, I like re, like as all this had came out, I was um I had saw this story. I think it was yesterday. Um, Paul London had uh, did an interview on Renee Dupree's podcast, and he was talking about like how Vince would like um he believe was like propositioning uh, the late um, Ashley Mazzaro to like fly on the mm-hmm. jet company jet with like him and Kevin Dunn and stuff like that, and like they like put the 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 divas up the. the I don't know why I said that with the women's record. That, that, that was the word he used in the uh, in the quote. But he was like, they would put him up at the uh, at, at, at like the TV hotel, and like he'd be like, Paul, Paul London claimed that like Vince would like be knocking on Ashley's door and stuff like that, and like so, so, some other stuff. And it had led to me like going to find this uh, coming across this like affidavit that she did in, in 2006, or well, it was around that time. I'm pretty sure y'all heard about it, but she 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 wrote about like the time that she was sexually assaulted in. Like and uh, I think it was on an overseas tour in Kuwait, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. That she had went to the company, you know, told them essentially we went down and was told that it was not. We're told by Vince that it was not in the best interest of the company mm-hmm. that this become some public thing. And like when, when I read that, like because I, I had saw that in the line of the article, and then I I wanted to go see it for myself, like to actually get like the complete context of of everything, and like. I saw that dude, and I was just like, "That's some, that's some foul shit to to tell yeah. somebody like you don't think is person got like." And, and the, the I, I don't know if anybody wants to hear like the, the the details of like what she described, but like essentially she she was she was given an IV that uh, sort of 
that, that it, it they sort of it paralyzed her for a, temporarily paralyzed her and she was unable to move her body and that's when the you know mm-hmm. took place and to tell somebody that went through that traumatic of an experience to be mm-hmm. like i don't think this is the best interest of the company and i think we should keep this you know we, we should keep this between us type thing and, and i know that i, I do want to add that there is a line in there uh i don't want to say too long a time to find it but I, I know i know that she has said like i, I don't like i don't want to read this whole thing but like she was just like his lack of sensitivity and referring to my ordeal as uh one, one bad experience and you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like this went on to say uh, that I would not be required to travel to the Middle East ever again. And that the WWE would institute a new policy where anytime a female performer went to the Middle East, she would have a female WWE escort with her 24-7 to ensure it would not happen again. Um, and that did not make her feel better about the situation. She said she felt defeated and that she felt pointless. It felt, it felt pointless to her to even like try to protest yeah. this. And then it felt it was uncomfortable to her to like for all the wrestlers and stuff to find out and all this different stuff. Man, so like when you hear these stories, man, and you you like stories, specifically stories like this, like that, but like that's some like I, I don't think anybody's out here like well, me at least. I'm not out here calling Vince no good person, but like that's just some like very sick and like foul mm-hmm. shit to like even tell someone that you know I don't think that's the best interest of the company for you to even you know bring that up to the public, and then and, and then it eventually it got out anyway. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it, it's just foul, bro. I just wanted to mention yeah. that real because I had saw that uh, that story came up yesterday and missed all this stuff coming out. You know? And again, like to some of that the people that might be CTE thinking. That was lawsuit, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah that, that's exactly what that, that CTE lawsuit. Yep. 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 Uh, and, and again, to some of the people that might be thinking like, oh, this is just one isolated incident. Like, nah, man. Nah, there man. Is tra- there is a track record. Decades of this kind of behavior, this type of attitude. And, you know, it's 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 just... I was surprised, Brandon. Like, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. Maybe I was being a little too naive at the time. I thought Vince was going to get got during speaking out. And the fact that he just kind of tiptoed on past that, man, that that was always something that just in the back of my head. I was like, how? Like, I understand money. I understand power. I understand being a uh, rich, powerful, old white man. I mean, not personally. I ain't never had that opportunity to experience that type of lifestyle. But I understand how there are privileges that come with that and how you can insulate yourself from but consequences. He, but it's like, dog, like, all of it. Like, and half of this stuff ain't even a secret. Like, right, Chris? Like, people yeah. know this stuff. And this oh. man be getting away with this. So the fact that now, finally yeah. now, we're starting to see at least some modicum of accountability uh, being put on this man, like it's like, why did it take so long, though? Right, and, and you have to understand too, from this perspective, this guy ran a business for the greater part of twenty years, where the end goal for ninety percent of the people in that industry is to get to where. It's the place that Vince McMahon runs, you know. Um, yeah. He's he's had a monopoly for all intents and purposes. There's this there's this uh, concept by uh, Timur Corrin. Um, he came out with this in 1990, the uh, 95, I want to say. Uh, Timur T I M U R Curran K U R A N. Look him up. <clears throat> it's called preference falsification. So the idea behind preference falsification is in a dictatorship regime, 
everybody praises the dictator. But mm-hmm. once that regime falls down, uh, once that regime falls, people will start acting like, oh, I never liked that guy. You know, <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, right. I, I was never on the side of him. He used East, German as a, East Germany as an example when the Berlin Wall fell and right. how the regime in charge, once the wall fell, the citizens of the country started acting like, oh, we were never for uh, the, the regime in power. We were always against that guy. And Vince McMahon, you're going to start seeing a lot of that because he, he ran. People have actively and still actively lie for Vince McMahon mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. protect him. Even if it's a small lie, you know, they still lie for him. <clears throat> you know, because I there, there's got to be um pe- more people know more things than what is let on, you know. Yeah. Um, and people just kind of let it go, and if in the end, God, the, the, you don't want to burn bridges with this guy because he's the one per. I I don't give a fuck if I burn a bridge with every university mm-hmm. in California because mm-hmm. I could just move to New York and work a job there and do the same thing Mm -hmm. you know there's like hundreds of colleges all over the united states of america right there's only one wwe where you make wwe money and now there's an aew that kind of splits that play it's still a duopoly though you know it's 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 the whole yeah you can be in the green party and you could be in the Libertarian Party and all this other stuff, the Constitution Party, but the political parties that run everything are Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other companies out there, but unless you've got a, some really good side hustles, right now you want to be in WWE or AEW. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, I mean, unless unless you want to control your narrative. So, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, there's got to be drastic changes to get people yeah. to change their tone. Even with even that, that AE, even with AEW existing, um, mm-hmm. I talked to a wrestler um, a while ago. And he said he still wouldn't turn on Vince because. He doesn't know what AEW staying powers is going to be. This is what AEW was like doing at, at its top with the TV deal and everything. He still, you know, wants to keep those, uh, those lines of communication open with Vince, you know, mm. it, it just, it just, you know, that's the culture of wrestling in North America. And we got a comment from Jake. Uh, keep those comments and super chats coming. Uh, we're going to rock for about another 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes or so. Uh, Brandon, you, you, you go into the finish line with us or you got a dip? Bro? I am. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm good. That's, that's God, what cool. I'm talking about. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why we call on this man, Brandon Thurston. Hey, did, uh, but, did, 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 did y'all know Daniel Garcia put Brandon Thurston over on Chris Jericho's podcast? Did y'all hear this? Okay. Okay. Put, a, put, put, put him up, put him over big time, man. He was talking about how uh, Brandon played a big role in his training. I just bring that up. That, Brandon, I had to bring that up because you stand yeah, on the, the trainer of champions, Brandon you, Thurston. Look, look, look at Brandon. Hey, Chris, what's the always update, brother? What was going on? Right now, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now it's uh, the uh, FTR and uh, 
Oh, the, the Briscoes. Uh, the Briscoes. Briscoes, yeah. okay. Yes, they, and then uh, quick, quick, yes, quick programming note uh, for those interested. You might be watching Death uh, Before Dishonor while you're watching this, or you might be watching this in the future. Uh, stay tuned for Way and Kate with the uh, ROH post show. I believe that, that is a cafe exclusive. So y'all got to y'all got to put down some paper to see Way Ting and Kate from Montreal <laughs> talk about all of these matches that Chris just spoiled for you. Um, yeah, and, th- and thank you for the the super chats. I didn't even think we w- I would I wasn't sure we would get, even get one super chat tonight. So, um, but thank you on, uh, for that. Yes, we appreciate y'all, man. It's, it's been great, man, seeing the people hop up in here with these comments and the super chats and watching us talk about this crazy story. Uh, but Jake wants to know, and we can you know throw it around the room. How long before Kevin Dunn heads out the door? Do we see this as something on the horizon, gentlemen? I think he's out the door already. He's just kind of, you know, still got shit to pick up there. I mean, that's that's what I see. My, but that's an opinion. What about you, Brandon? I, I wouldn't be surprised if within a year he's not in the company. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. even only a few months. It will be pretty expensive to get rid of Kevin Dunn. I think because he probably yeah. has contingent a pretty nice severance package that's associated with his termination, like a golden parachute type thing. I think all, all those executives. So we see a, a, a document called the proxy statement every year, and in mm-hmm. some of the some of the years, Kevin Dunn is in the top five, which means you get more information about how this person is compensated, and we get information about if they're terminated. This is what it costs to terminate them, um, and, and it's millions of dollars, right? Oh, there so, there there is a another uh, conflict that I've been seeing going on online, Brandon, and maybe you could shed some light on this. And I've seen like half and half with all of my wrestling colleagues, so this isn't scientific at all. But does NXT 2.0 stay around? Mm, Chris's favorite. My worst. I, I, God, let's not go there right now. I just, hey, hey, hey! Forget about it, Chris. <laughs> does, that, does, does that does does that stick that around? Tony B? I, I think I think NXT, you know, being the multicolored 2.0 is something that's already in motion, and we're not going to yeah. see uh, as much as I would like to see, and, and maybe right. all of us would like to see overnight change in in WWE to uh, you know get rid of Kevin Dunn. And by the way, Ke- Kevin Dunn's issues uh, probably not an ally of Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Um, mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets pointed to as someone who is contributing to a toxic work environment in mm-hmm. WWE as well, and maybe some of these future stories. Right. But, um, so I don't think NXT 2.0 is going to change overnight. I don't think much of the, much of the creative side of this company is going to change overnight, but gradually, yeah, it probably will. That's um, what that that was what I was saying. I was saying I I I don't think it's going to go away immediately, but I just do not see. How NXT 2.0 survives, you know, like stays what it is um, because of what Triple H worked his blood, sweat and years building. I I, I, I mean, to to that point, I I can I can see I can see where you're coming from. But at the same time, like NXT 2.0 is at this point where much, much like Brandon said, they already in the thick of it now. And at this point, when you when you looking at. In terms of like what Triple H built with, with the black and gold NXT, that 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 was probably one of my favorite wrestling products during that period of time. But 
most of the wrestlers that he had are over at AEW. And then on top of that, you have this other uh, thing now with Ring of Honor that Tony Khan owns. And then mm-hmm. you would think that other wrestlers are probably going to flock to there as well because that's another valuable option well, that you consider. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, so if, if, if he does have interest in bringing Black that pre-NXT, pre-2.0 NXT, what exactly could that look like? And mm-hmm. who is on the market in terms of, like, big name valuable guys or big name valuable women that you can bring in that isn't already affiliated or working with an AEW slash ROH that doesn't have a working relationship with them in some kind of way. And I, I think that's the tasking thing. So like, I feel like now that they're all in on this NXT 2.0, but you might as well just go all the way with it. Like you already build enough people that you got the, the Cora Jays and your Tony D'Angelo's and your Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breakers mm-hmm. and all these people, you already this deep in it. So like I feel like now to like make this overnight change. Oh, like I don't think that's gonna happen. Like, hypothetically, like even if you were to do like an overnight change, I don't think it's, I think it's kind of pointless. Look, I, 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 I don't give a fuck how knee deep they are in this shit. <laughs> that, that, to me, that's that's not a uh, that's not a, a, a that that's an argument of convenience. It's like oh, we're knee deep in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, so, but it's not. There've been it's, people it's, it's, that have been married. Bro. There have been people that have been married for like 50 years that at year 51, they're like, it's time to get a divorce. <laughs> so Chris. I'm just saying like this is because this is my problem with NXT 2.0 mm-hmm. is that I do not know in that in NXT 2.0 who is there that actually want to be a wrestler or who is there that answered some casting call at their college. Hey, you want to be a wrestler? You can make this much money. Okay, let me be a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? At least with NXT 2.0 or the regular NXT, with all the faults that it had, there were people in that company that wanted to be wrestlers. Triple H is a guy who came up through, um, who was it, Um, Killer Kowalski or whatever, wanted to be a wrestler. And he hired people in NXT who want it to be wrestlers. I don't see how you just I mean, I mean, but, 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 to, but to that point, I mean, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but like when you're talking about hiring people that don't want to be wrestlers, Bianca Belair didn't want to be a wrestler. Big E didn't want to be a wrestler. They were brought into the fold from the outside and they just grew to eventually like what they were doing and love what they're doing. So I mean, yeah, I get what you're but, saying, but also but we like, still got that, that, Lash, like a, a Lash good, legend good. and stuff like that, you know. Um, and then I'm not trying to be NBA player. So, I mean, yeah, I but she's not a good that. wrestler. She she hasn't been a good wrestler for quite some time. Dang. It just is. I, look, I first hold on, Chris. First, almost, and now last legend. Why, Chris? She is not good. I'm just saying. It's like, I, and I and I don't and I don't think she's not good because she can't learn how to be a good wrestler. Right. I just don't think the system that she's in. Is well, yeah, because one can make the argument NXT 2.0 shouldn't be where these <laughs> folks is learning in the first place. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I just, yeah. I just don't that, that, think that that, 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 that I do agree with. Like the national TV thing. Like I feel like that whole sink or swim. Like hey, yeah. we throw y'all to the wolves, and you know, it is what it is, and you can make your mistakes on TV. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about all that. That's I, I, don't, I don't think that's gonna work out for everybody. You, you got, you got some who are able to thriving that just uh like this is in a general perspective getting thrown out there and stuff like that some yeah. people gonna rise to the occasion and it's gonna be a majority of people gonna probably fail because it's like you know you just and then i think on top of that you look at the backstage changes like i remember early january they did that like 
load of people. Like they let Regal go, mm-hmm. and like uh, I think um, Ryan Cass got let go, who's a big part of the creative there for like damn it, what a decade yeah. at that point. Like you letting all these people go who are very much of that fabric of that old NXT. And yeah, yeah so you people that have this abundance of experience that can pass that on to these people that you're trying to bring in from these outside, uh, these, these outside uh, sports and stuff like that. Right. And there's, there's like 15, 16 year olds out there right now who watch WWE, who watch AEW, who mm-hmm. watch Impact that mm-hmm. want to be wrestlers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think those people should be a priority over, you know, <clears throat> college athletes who may or may not have that dream or may or may not be um, receptive to the business the way other people are. Yeah, and let's get, uh, we got friend of the program, Chad Rivera. What's up, brother, with a comment here. Uh, enjoying the show, guys. Do you think there is any chance or that the odds are better that Sasha and Naomi will return to the WWE now that Vince is gone? Uh, thoughts, fellas? Brandon, I think you should take this one first. I I think it's more likely because you can, you know, bring them back and and sell that story that, hey, things are totally different. And much of your issues maybe were with the fact that Vince wasn't taking the women's tag titles seriously. Mm -hmm. And he's gone. And John Laurinaitis that you may have had issues with is gone. And uh, I think if you've got Bruce Pritchard there, I don't know. A lot of to be changing or not is, is probably going to be gradual and it's going to be a, a largely about who the personnel are. If, if Bruce Pritchard is still heading creative, it's going to be pretty similar to what it is now. Um, but if, if there are a lot of different people in charge and, and maybe you have a better, maybe Sasha and Naomi have a better relationship with Triple H. I don't know that, but I would, you know, that's very plausible to me uh, that you can say that, look, you're much more comfortable working with these, these this set of people and maybe, you know, you're willing to come back now. Yeah, I I think they should go to wherever they feel they will be the most ex- uh, respected and wherever th- they think they could get the biggest bag. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think th- I think they're in a power position um, to kind of write their own ticket, you know, and I think a lot of people in wrestling are mad at those women because they did something that they know that if if. If people that weren't at the talent level as Sasha Banks and Naomi pulled what they pulled in May, we would have they would have been future endeavored a long time ago. So mm. they, it would have been on the website. These these two are fired mm. or whatever the fuck is the corporate speak for them not working there no more. Right. They still this this <clears throat> WWE's been dragging their feet with announcing their release. So those women are desirable. You don't have to like them, but you have to recognize what's right in front of your fucking face. Those yeah. two women can go where they want to go um, in wrestling and make a ton of money doing it. And yeah. AEW needs women wrestlers. Um, How about it? You go ahead, Chris. You go ahead, finish up, Chris. No, it's 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 just that simple. The AEW needs women wrestlers. WWE still needs room at women wrestlers too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They, they, those two women are going to be fine, whatever they choose to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those are two of the most popular uh, wrestlers out there. To be honest with you, Naomi and Sasha. I'm talking about like the term they fan base. Like mm-hmm. with like the they have these like flock. 
and like legions of people that's like willing to go to bat for them. And like even back in um 2019, yeah. it, it's on public record. Like Sasha Banks, I know she's spoken about this, you know, a few times in media interviews that um she had asked Vince to let her go back in 2019. I think it was after yeah. WrestleMania 35, and he was like, absolutely not. Like, yeah, not happen. And, he, so- and she and she's even a bigger star now than right. she was then. So like I can only imagine like that sort of. uh you know, whole situation going down. Like they, you, you, you let her go. You letting her entire fan base go. And same thing with Naomi. Like we, I mean, we, we, we talked about the Naomi thing like hundreds of times. Yeah. Like all the stuff they could have done with her over the years. Like the celebrities wanting to, you know, come in and work with her, or, or, or reaching out to her on social media and all this type of stuff. And all these different opportunities. But yeah, much like Chris said, like I, I think it's just a matter of like they can they they can do whatever they want to do, man. I'm pretty sure they're gonna be successful at it. Like you see Sasha Banks, she's doing the beat and greet stuff and the you know the report. I think it was from. I would select that, you know, she's charging mm-hmm. uh, 30000 30, uh for the yeah. appearance and stuff like that, yeah. which is, uh, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, she kind of undercharging, to be honest with you. She's she, yeah. she being nice. Yeah. She's being, she being nice. Especially like, with a lot of celebrities charge out here for these. Uh, Sasha Banks' fans are like the Bayhive, man. Like, <laughs> they, they, are, they are nuts. They, yeah. they, they love and swear they, by They her, love man. Sasha Banks, man. Like, yeah. like, just like the, like, I remember I was in the, it was right after a Beyonce concert. Um, <laughs> I was at this, I was at uh, King Taco in Pasadena, waiting in line to get some tacos. And there was Bay High fans in line. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> they were talking about Beyonce. And they were saying, yeah, I love this. She had just released the new song or whatever. And I didn't know much about the new song. And they were like, hey, man, do, do, don't you think Beyonce's new song is uh, is great? And I was like, uh, it's OK. And they were like, what? OK. And these, these, these women were about to come for you. man. It's like they, they, they were they were ready to like because I said that the song was okay, you know? Mm. And I, I, I've seen that, that's kind of rabid Sasha fans, man. Yeah, um, Sasha Banks got fans out here on these yeah, streets. Got, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. They, they, oh, they, man, they, man. That's crazy. So we got we got about 30 minutes left in the show. We appreciate all the comments. We're going to keep reading as many as we can. Uh, hit the super chat if you want us to read those uh, quicker <clears> than, than the other comments. But before we, we pivot, because uh, Andrew does have a couple stories we I want to hit on before we leave this week. Or this month, uh, to be more exact, and we do still have to talk about Titus. We can't leave. That, oh, yeah, that's that, exactly that, where that, I was going, Chris. That, yeah. We we've yeah. been teasing Titus for like an hour and a half now. Yeah. So, we, hey, Andrew hey, Thompson, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let the youngest in charge tee off on this. Go ahead. What what was your thoughts about what they had our good brother Titus O'Neil doing on, on TV, man? I, so I was about to say like before I started, I was like, we we might as well go ahead and finish the show with this because I feel like this is like a. This is gonna be an interesting conversation, man. But I, I remember when they first had Titus out there to have him do this whole, uh, you know, WWE rah rah speech. I remember I had actually tweeted out because I, I I didn't think that was fair to Titus O'Neil, assuming in the sense that you know they sent yeah. him out there and asked him to do this thing and say these specific things. And considering that he has like all these different charities and he's like the all the he has that uh, the, the Family Foundation is like the head of you know WWE's community outreach and and, and all that good stuff. Like, I was like, I just didn't think it was fair to sort of send him out there to be the one that has to say this in case another story drops about Vince McMahon and then, you know, that it'll get brought up and, you know, he'll be the one to be used as a reference or to get mentioned and it'll just make him look bad overall. But, like, when I, I saw yesterday, like, as the story came out that Vince McMahon was, you know, resigning, Titus O'Neil was under the comments, you know, telling him thank you, and then he was posting pictures with Vince. I'm just like, brother. Stand up, man. What, 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 like, what, are we, what are we like? What, what are we doing right now, man? But like, it, it, it's 
I mean, but again, it's one of those things like we, we dove into it earlier. All of us, we had a conversation about it. Like they have these personal relationships with yeah. this dude and they view him as somebody who changed their lives. Like you did some wrestlers talking about they look at him like a father figure. You know what I'm saying? Like right. wrestlers are on account saying this stuff. Like, I, you know, I, I think I think Brian Danielson said something along the lines of something like that. Like he, this was like that sort of road to him in, in a certain mm-hmm. way. Like in terms of like, I'm assuming like in a business sense or something like that. I don't think, you know, exactly like that but yeah it, i mean it, it, it's, it's it's disappointing in a way in terms of titus but at the same time like i gotta i have to understand that yeah i, I don't know their relationship and he has he clearly has a uh, respect for vince that regardless of how i view it or how i may think about Vince mcmahon I don't ha- I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship in terms of like what he's been able to do for Titus or what right. the conversation that they had throughout the years. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of hard to like really like jump on them, but like I still think it's like it, it's kind of eh. But you know, at the end I of the day, it's hard to jump on them. So for me, Andrew, it's disappointing, but yeah. I understand it, right? Yeah, yeah. For, for a couple of reasons. Like number one, like Titus got a lot tied into the company in terms of his charity and whatnot, right? And let's be honest, I, like, I respect that brother, man. Like, the, the stuff this brother's had to put up with. Like, let's not forget Vince McMahon grabbed this grown-ass man's arm like a child at one time. Right. Let's not forget this the dude they sent out there at WrestleMania to stand oh, next oh. to Terry. So Terry wouldn't get them racist chance. They sent that is Titus the out there egregious. as a shield for Terry. <laughs> after so, after, after Titus O'Neill said that he didn't, what was it filling yeah. uh, Terry after he said that yeah. nonsense? Hey, bro, that, that that is that is the sin of all sins that they have done to Titus O'Neil. Yes, in both cases man out, in Tampa, and, in his hometown. And, 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 right, thank you, Brandon. And they they doing that. And, it's, and, and Brandon, you want to know the crazy thing about that is like um like I, I you, you would think that they would like send him out there to like sort of promote something, especially considering his hometown. <clears> but he has an event coming up next month, and um I think it's at the Raymond James Stadium. Dude is giving out like. 30,000 backpacks full of like school supplies to like kids in the area, like to get ready and preparation for the school year. And that, and that's in Tampa. So you would think that they was like have them go out yeah. there, hey, promote this. We at Raymond James, you know, home of WrestleMania, whatever, all that, you know, tie all the corporate stuff in there. But they sit mm-hmm. out there for the little old rah rah speech and stuff like that. And this is a safe space. And yeah, so that, like, uh, real quick, Chris, like that ties back into my point, Andrew, like why I feel like. You know, he was the guy to go out there and do that thing. He was the guy that, you know, made the comment under the post because I feel like Titus understands the math of this, right? Like, let's be real. Titus ain't getting no run bell to bell these days like like he used to. Titus ain't getting no push here, you know, in, in the foreseeable future. If Titus wants to be able to do the good work that he does, and let's not sleep on the fact that this brother's out here doing great work. Mm-hmm. He kind of got to do the dance. He kind of got to, kind of, kind of got to play the game. So that's why, like, yeah, I was disappointed, Andrew. I get it though, but I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is, man. You know, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I just uh, the the thing I just didn't like about it, like Titus O'Neil has got to make the best judgments for himself. Yeah. Like, like I can't. I'm not in his head, so I can't tell yeah. you how he thinks, but. This this is the same Vince McMahon that suspended this guy for ninety days um, for grab, grabbing his arm or something on camera, yeah. um, and just made Vince McMahon look a little vulnerable for like two seconds 
uh, and he gets suspended. And this was during WrestleMania season too. That's what a lot of people forget. Um, is he 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 missed WrestleMania uh, because of that arm grab situation, you know? Yeah. Um, and As Steve Willie said, like Vince is the father figure who almost fired him for touching him on Raw. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like it, it, this. This is just to me kind of a. Um, a one-sided relationship where, you know, yeah, you're paying this guy, but now you're sending him out there to do your, um, your embarrassing dirty work. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. To go out there and basically lie to people say mm-hmm. WWE is a place free of politics. Um, when they, they've had fake George W Bush on screen. Barack Obama. They have Obama, fl- fake Trump. Barack Obama, fake Bill Clinton, uh, fake Hillary. I like fake Hillary. They've had uh, Vince McMahon. As far as religion, Vince McMahon uh, versus Shawn Michaels and God. They did the first, <laughs> so stupid, the, the first <laughs> McMahon family prayer at WrestleMania, where Vince oh was God, like, "God, bro. I don't like you, and you don't like me." Uh, which is probably that. maybe the truest thing Vince has ever said. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. my opinion. And don't get me started on race, you know. Like, oh, boy. Pride High, yeah. the Orient Express, the Black Maga, uh All that. This yeah, is a man uh, that had, again, this might be one of the most <clears throat> egregious things. I do want to get Brandon's take on Titus real quick. Uh, but the fact, like, it's still, like, a lot of this stuff happened in the 80s. And you can be like, okay, that was a product yeah. of its time. Within the last decade, this man had Brodus Clay on TV saying, <laughs> I was born to shuck and jive. Like, come on, man. What is we doing? What are we doing, Vince? We had just a few years ago, I think maybe like 2017 or so. You had the, the Ginger Mahal and Nakamura stuff where, yeah. you know, they were, they were you know, using race they, as part of that. They used too. their culture to make them hills. They, they went out there and did traditional Indian dance and stuff. And use that to elicit boon from whatever racist crowd they were in front of that you, night. You, you, know? you, you, you want to know what that that, that sort of reminded me of um, when Apollo Cruz first did his Nigerian, uh, mm. the, the Nigerian Prince thing. And like, they, they went in the Thunderdome. And like, when Apollo Cruz they do, they, they turn on the booze. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's like that, that just compensates automatic boo. But like, like yeah. as we sort of like, uh, wrap up this whole thing i, I kind of want to swing it back over to brandon like what, what do you what, what was sort of your assessment of the, the the news coverage of this from a mainstream and from a wrestling media perspective like uh like i know that's like a loaded question but like just from the initial story wall street journal story to where we are right now to this man being resigned resigning from wwe what's sort of your breakdown of the whole like the coverage from a pro wrestling aspect and from a mainstream media news outlet aspect uh, Ninja, Ninja Tyler back. I do remember when they called New Day Bucks. We'll get into that. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> I, I think mainstream media still looks at wrestling, no matter if we're talking about how much money they made last year or if we're talking about allegations of sexual misconduct. Uh, you, you, John Pollock called out the, the Reuters uh, yes. Twitter, at least, using using the image of Vince with the shaved head, you know, with, with the silly look on his face. Uh, mainstream media, and I've got it right here. Too. The uh, we've we've got the Wall Street Journal, and they they have to make the the, the pun on the ropes mm-hmm. for alleged misconduct. <laughs> Get it? Get it? <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, so I don't know. Mainstream media 
they don't a lot in a lot of cases they still don't take it that seriously. Mm. On the other hand, I, I said at the beginning of this that this is really up to mainstream media how far this goes, mm-hmm. and the Wall Street Journal, those you know, Ted Mann and and Joe, what's his last name, Andrew? Palazzolo. <laughs> Palazzolo. Uh, and I, I believe Joe Flint was was another byline on on the the second article. Mm-hmm. Um, they did enough, and they did enough, and other outlets in mainstream media did enough to to aggregate that story to to get it to the point to probably contribute to whatever the catalyst was to convince Vince McMahon that he needed to resign. Um, wrestling media, I don't know. I'm a, I'm involved in wrestling media. Right, I, right. I I know that there's a lot of people who are in wrestling media who are still praising Vince McMahon today. Um, that's still happening. Um, but there's a lot of wrestling media that I, I, I think did a, did a, a good job in, in covering mm. this and taking yeah. this seriously. Right. Yes. Uh, real quick. Cause I, we, we, we running low on time, but, uh, I feel some type of way, Andrew Thompson. And, and this is the reason why I feel this type of way, some type of way. It's the newbie and wrestling advocates, right? Mm. And we'd have spent like 95, 98 minutes. Talking about an old white man. Granted, it's the biggest story in wrestling, but I feel like we at least got to close with some Nubian news. Andrew Thompson, you got a couple stories we can talk about before we get out of here, brother. Yeah, before, before we, I, I didn't want to touch on this, man. Uh, I, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing, but it's one of those things why I, I definitely get where this individual has come from. Uh, we all know Biggie suffered his neck injury, um, and he said he was going to be reassessed um around the one year mark so he's probably gonna get, get get checked in march of 2023 but he had said during the interview with tmz that you know if if if, if his career is over like he's content with that and it's okay because he's been able to do mm. a lot of different things that he didn't expect to do and you know he got his world title win and and you know he, he he's had he's able to carve out a very successful career for himself so like well when i when i read that i was like you know and it, it, it makes it makes me feel good as somebody who, who has been able to watch his sort of career unfold to know that this devastating thing happened to him and like he internally is at peace with everything that he's done, but at the same time it's kinda of like, damn, like Yeah. It, it's like he he he's okay with it. You know what I'm saying? If that if that's truly it. So like I don't know if anybody was like dive into that, but I don't really think I don't know if it's like much more you can say, but like, you know, he he's content with, you know, the idea of his wrestling career being over if that's the case. Real quick for me, and then I'll toss it to Brandon and then Chris. Um, like, I'm with you, Andrew. Like, I I want the best for, uh, you know, it's or the person, right, first and foremost, because mm-hmm. this is a good dude, man. And as we just, like, spent 99 minutes talking about Vince McMahon, you can't say that about a lot of people in this industry, man. Like, there's some really good people, but there's a lot, lot, lot of bad people, man. A lot of dishonorable people, to use Chris's word mm-hmm. from earlier in this business and biggie and all of those new day guys man are some of the best people by all accounts and yeah i think we, if let's if this is the end of his in-ring career which i hope it's not man because the brother got a lot left in the tank uh you know i just hope he's happy he's obviously somebody with that personality with with that charisma that can find work elsewhere in in, in whether it's entertainment or whether it's something like you know uh black heroes rock you know reaching out to the kids and doing something positive for the kids. He's, he's, he's got no shortage of options in terms of what he can do. In terms of looking back at his wrestling career, Brandon, if again, like this is the if that I don't want to happen, but if it is, I feel like 
they they left so much on the table with this dude, man. Like I feel like they waited too long to pull the trigger. I feel like his title run, while I was happy for him, they could have done so much more with it, man. Like he is genuinely he could have been like that that next level star. Like he could have been that next Brock. He could have been that next Roman, but they never seem to want to get behind a dude. And to me, that's more on the company than it is on Big E. Yeah, I I thought so for for a lot of years. He's he's got the size, and he was good enough in the ring, and he was good enough as a personality. Um, n- not not to go back to to the old white man that we that we spent the all, all, all the show talking about, but, but nobody's left more money on the table than him, and 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 Big E mm. is is part of that. Um, but uh, you know, res- wrestling's not everything, and there's other things yeah. to do in his life. And he did wrestle for a number of years, and I'm sure he yeah. made enough money to take care of himself, hopefully, for the rest of his life. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think uh, I, th- I think he could have been a really big star uh, if if uh, there wasn't a control freak with uh, various pet peeves that he had to indulge uh, mm-hmm. for, for the entirety of, of his run in, in, in WWE. Uh, but but I think the new new day will be remembered. Yeah. as a really important tag team and a yeah. really influential tag team when we look back on history. Yeah, I was saying, Biggie, Biggie, Biggie he's going to be at the, um, the SummerSlam trials in Nashville. Like He's going to be, like, I guess, like coaching and stuff like that. So that's a maybe that's an avenue he takes, but like I, I, th- I think it's going to be other stuff out there. Biggie. But like it, it, like he, he was sort of looking at it in the interview. He was just like, it could have been way worse. Like he even said, I know he said that like if it was like a, you know, a few inches to the right or to the left, like it could have been something along, something fatal, and or it could have been a, if it went the other way, it could have been something right. he ended up in a wheelchair. So, like from the quote, he was just talking about it from like a he's grateful that he is yeah. still able to emotion and do what he need to do and get around on his own. And I like that that part I definitely get, but also it's kind of it's kind of it's, it's difficult kind of not to be like damn, like I wish they could have did a little bit more with E. I wish yeah. they could have. You know, I wish his world title run could have been way better instead of him yep. fucking losing on TV and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, especially I, since, I and we it. talked about it, Andrew. Especially since the injury was on a spot that ultimately meant nothing. Right. Like we ain't exactly. need that spot, dog. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. It was a. It was a bogus spot. It's. It's. You know, I don't like blaming the wrestler, but it's like to me, it's one of those things where if you, if you, if you're not. 100% sure you can I know accidents happen but to me that just yeah. was an accident that makes no sense to me um, because Big E is a huge ass guy you know what yeah. I'm saying he yeah. doesn't need thick, to be going boy. <laughs> go, yeah he doesn't need to be going with up for, with, with too many overhead uh, suplexes like that shout out to um, FTR who uh, just held on to the um, <laughs> ROH titles <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> Chris, don't give a damn about your spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I promised the public that I would uh, keep them updated if they listen to oh, us. Oh, keep them up to date. That's what you calling it? Well, that's what they that's what they asked us. They didn't want it like that, Chris. The, the, yeah. So, uh, real uh, quick, Chad says uh, if this is the end of Biggie's career, he definitely has a future in broadcasting, not just wrestling. He could do football too. I could easily see him. On one of the game day panels, yeah, he, I definitely yeah. can see that. And, and and shout out to um, Andreas um, Hale too, our boy, um, yeah. for um, the he, uh, <laughs> our heroes ride. <laughs> Steve says, "Stop spoiling it, man. He's an hour behind in the Midwest, though." <laughs> yes, but anyway, yes. Shout out. I mean, the thing is, is about anything in life, you want to make sure that you got 
you know, your base is covered with anything. Even I was talking to Nate before we signed on to do this show. Uh, I was like, look, I'm not 100% sure about the field of education at the moment with with the Supreme Court that we have at the moment. So I'm looking at other avenues to, you know, try to, you know, make an income and, you know, um, and I think a a lot of um, wrestlers don't do themselves any service by Mm. only uh, looking at wrestling. I understand that's a lifelong dream and stuff. We all have those lifelong dreams, but, you know, sometimes those things, you know, kind of get, deferred or messed up and whatnot so just make sure you 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 got your ducks in a row you, you, you want to know what's funny said, protect your chickens and your mentals you yeah it's funny like like piggybacking over what chris just said like that just reminded me of, um like uh fandango like i, I know mm-hmm. we talk about newbie news right now but like he has like the perfect extra strategy like this dude has like very successful construction company so like he doesn't like need pro wrestling and it, it, it's always cool to see like Mm-hmm. Rest that, that like outside side hustle, like where they can like yeah. legit make a living outside of pro wrestling. So, like, like they don't need just a case of like anything can go wrong at any moment. But and, and going back to the, I think the Eagle be fine, man. And I, I definitely think WWE they probably gonna keep them under under contract, you know, for yeah. a while. Like, I, I I don't see them like letting Big E like go. Like we, we had recently saw Paige like she had she finished up with WWE. I think it'll be some along those lines. They gonna keep Big E right. under contract, you know, for a long period of time, and it, it'll be a long time before he's not, you know, uh, under the contract. I think. So. Uh, real quick, because uh, we are about to wrap up here, fellas. Uh, I saw a comment that Jake had, and I want to get uh, Brandon's opinion on this. Uh, so Jake is saying uh, that is it mm. weird that the sponsors, the business partners and whatnot, have been silent? Uh, he remembers Snickers being upset about Moolah's name on the Mania Women's Battle Royal. So uh, thoughts on that, Brandon? That is what we call the Snickers doctrine. <laughs> in, the, in the year of 2018, um, where, where Snickers made the statement, as, as Jake says, uh, and that caused W to, to change the name of the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal to the Women's Battle Royal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's surprising that that business partners didn't say anything publicly. Maybe part of the factor there with the, with, the, with the Battle Royal was that it was sort of an urgent thing. and This was days before WrestleMania, I think. Right. Um, in this case, there was no timeline. There was no event that was coming up. Um, Snickers was then the presenting sponsor uh, of WrestleMania. Um, I would guess that there have been a lot of conversations, though, between people at WWE and people at, at their uh, you know, various business partners of theirs. Um, but I, I would think that only if there was something happening where W was being really defiant would we hear from their, their business partners mm. just because there's not this sort of a, you know, event on the horizon that, that you're waiting to, to have happen. Gotcha. Um, real quick, Andrew, we, we already kind of touched on Sasha a little bit. So I know you had one other story uh, in your headline. So let's hit that rapid fire real quick. Uh, what's the second uh, story that you had for us, brother? Yeah, man, just to show some love real quick. Swerve and Keith Lee, the new AEW world tag team champions, man. Shout out to those brothers, man. They found, they got the big one. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people already see, well, a lot of people have been saying for a long time, especially coming out of, you know, Keith's run with WWE that, you know, the dude, world champion caliber wrestler. And he, he was, 
presented as that and not not presented as that but he made himself out to be that even before wwe he structured that you know that presentation for himself and you know he went there and he had a uh, i think he had a great run in nxt um main roster you know it's it, it's up to one person's discretion if Vince doesn't view you in a certain light you would not be presented as that and um i'm glad that he was able to you know go to AEW and you know got his first got his uh first championship win there him and swear man two very talented individuals so yeah shout out to them yeah, uh, Chris. Quick thoughts on uh, Keith and Swerve. Um, we'll we'll see. Um, uh, Tony Khan has has disappointed me in the past, <laughs> um, but um, I'm optimistic, you know, and I'm glad um, they have the team. I do uh, think that you know, I want them to feel more like a tag team um, mm-hmm. instead of a couple makeshift guys that are being thrown together. I mean, the question, can they coexist, Chris? That's what we're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but, but I'm happy for them, you know, and I, and I don't have a reason to complain yet. So um, (laughs) if if TK gives me a reason, um, I'll be on uh, one of those scrum calls and I'll, you know, ask them a question with, with with the utmost respect. Uh, Brandon thoughts on uh, the new tag champs. They, they, they've got one of the, what have we got, up to like 12 titles, 13 titles in, 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 in <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now that the, uh, the, the, the three-way tie where they won it was an excellent match, and uh, we'll see what happens from here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of a lot of title changes in, in a short period of time. I didn't expect the Young Bucks mm-hmm. to, to lose it that quickly. Maybe the Matt Hardy thing, or Jeff, Jeff Hardy Jeff thing, Hardy, yeah. Uh, threw, threw off their plans. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. People seem really optimistic on Swerve, and he is younger. Uh, well, mm. Keith Lee's a little bit older, so you know maybe this is the beginning of AEW continuing to get behind Swerve. He came in really strongly. I feel mm. like maybe maybe AEW, also known as Tony Khan, uh, maybe <laughs> he he sees something in him. Yeah, I think for me, Andrew, and and I know you gonna understand where I'm coming from, brother. I am just happy that Keith and Swerve have finally gotten out of conference play. Mm-hmm. Like they, they was playing a lot of conference games. And what I mean by that, Brandon, we saw so many matchups between them and, and Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. So many matchups between them and, 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 and uh, you know, private party and whatnot. So, so to see them get out of conference games and, and win the titles, I think it's cool. That's Here's funny. the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, I feel like. I'm still like wait and see with this. Like I'm happy for those guys, those those two hardworking dudes. Uh, but Tony has a lot to prove to me, just as somebody that you know watches this stuff and gives my opinions and covers this stuff, but also primarily as a black wrestling fan. Like we've talked about this pretty much ever since we've been here on Post, guys. That that's been the one glaring hole for TK is how do we present our black wrestlers so i'm hoping this is the start of something good uh but if not you know we're gonna be back here next month mm-hmm. talking about what tk did um, <laughs> but with that uh, that's gonna bring our show to a close this month man we appreciate everybody for watching man this is our first live show so we we uh, had a lot of fun with this uh want to shout out waiting who you will see uh, here in a little bit with the Ring of Honor post show alongside Kate from Montreal, but Way and John for, you know, giving us the platform to do this, man. Uh, let's go around the horn real quick, do some plugs, and then get up out of here. Brandon, we always appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, light-skinned cousin Brandon Thurston. 
Brandon, uh, tell the folks what you got going on at WrestleNomics and uh, where they can find all of this great content, brother. Yeah, so tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, WrestleNomics Radio is live on YouTube, on the WrestleNomics YouTube channel. It's also in your podcast app as audio, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, there, there's a great article by Chris Ely on, on WrestleNomics.com that you can read. It's right at the top. Um, okay, okay. And uh, there's a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics, if you want to get all of my TV ratings analysis, access to a ton of data, and, and other reporting. And uh, Jesse Collings is about to participate in the Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor media scrum. We're going to talk about that on mm-hmm. WrestleNomics Radio, among awesome. other things. Thank you, Brandon. They, we appreciate they, they, they you. Got a, they got a really uh, great interview with John Carlin up there mm-hmm. on the WrestleNomics yeah, YouTube right. channel. I, you, I, co- I covered that on, uh, yes. on the site. That, that was like, it, it was like some real like informative stuff in that interview like i, 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 I saw like it, it was getting covered but like it was yeah. it was like he, he he was dropping like some little gems in there that you had to like like you had to it, it had to catch your yeah. head for you to hear right so like that, yeah, that, that, that was like yeah. a very like interesting interview especially with somebody that was there for so so long yeah i had a phone call with him about a year ago and i was like this is a great podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's uh, well, speak speaking of dropping gems y'all this man right here on your full screen, if you're watching live, this man, the youngest in charge, was like, he was like Jimmy Butler in the bubble finals for the last 24 hours, y'all, just you working. See the, see the bags under my eyes. Ain't got no sleep, but we, we appreciate you, Andrew Thompson. Let the people know where they can find your good work. Let them know where they can find the interviews as well as the written work, man. Yeah, man, you can check out the, uh, the written work over at postwrestling.com. Uh, we all contribute a great deal, man. Uh, Neil doing some great work over there as well. Uh, man, Neil. John, our man, Neil, along with John Pollock. Uh, we all doing our, uh, our part to carry the news over there, man. So, yeah, go check out everything on the Post Wrestling website. You can check out my interviews, Andrew Thompson interviews. I'm actually heading out of town in a couple weeks Uh-oh. to do some in-person interviews. Not StarCast, but... I will be out of town. I'm, I'm excited. It's, just some, it's, a, it's a great lineup of people that's going to be at this this convention. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see what type of content I get out there. So definitely stay tuned to the YouTube channel uh, to, to see what I got coming up. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to try to get everybody in the damn room. <laughs> Andrew Thompson. Look, hey, wherever Andrew Thompson's at, that's a star cast, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> where you need to be because this man is giving y'all the actual factual. We appreciate all your hard work here at Post Brother. And finally... Uh, well, actually, I'm finally, but uh, pre-finally, uh, the penultimate uh, person here on the show, uh, Chris from L.A., the good doctor himself, the professor, Moderna Chris, to some of y'all. Uh, let the people know about uh, what you got going on and, of course, uh, reiterate uh, the great work you're doing uh, with Brandon over at WrestleNomics. Oh, yeah. So um, thank you for uh, reading me and the feedback I'm getting at WrestleNomics for the articles that I've written. Um, I like to thank uh, Brandon because he really helps me um, tighten those articles up (laughs) with his uh, masterful editing and just kind of making me feel confident about doing this again. I know that uh, me and Nate, um, when we started this thing, we're getting closer to where we want to be. I mean, um, because I want, I want to, to do this stuff more. So when you, when you interact with us online and send super chats and feedback, positive and negative, as long Mm -hmm. as you're not negative within reason, right. You know, not, not talk about our moms and shit like that. Um, (laughs) we, we, we appreciate it, you know, and, uh, we're, 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 again, we're, um, Hold on. How you, how you ain't gonna include my name in that? 
Well, well, your, your name is getting. Y'all heard that? Oh, you, 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 that, just, you, you just interrupted. You just pulled the oh. biggest Fox News move on the planet <laughs> where I don't finish the sentence and you jump down on me. Yeah, you, nah, you, you saw that, Nate. You saw that. You shot your boy. You saw that, man. It's just wild out it's, here. It's almost all over again, man. It's almost but, all over. <laughs> but yeah, and then, um, yeah, with. Um, with with Andrew too being um, an addition to what we've been what we've been doing, um, it's actually helped round it out our short. And then the outside help we get from uh, people like Brandon mm. and people people like uh, John fan. Way and Rich Fan and just everybody that's kind of helped us SP3, grow this thing. Red um, with the theme. Yeah, and then just you know all the comments. I can't even go through all the comments. You know, like I. I, I never thought that I would um, be on Twitter with as many followers as I have now. I think it's like a thousand, like more than that, that okay, now. You blowing up it, there, Chris? Well, it's like I can't, like you know, I can't even keep up with all the insults now. <laughs> um, and and that's that's kind of a good thing, right? It's like you know, yeah. people are at least interested in what. Yeah what we're doing that's, and what we're talking that, that, that's about. That's what Wrestleomics does. It gets, gets you a lot of people that will insult you. I've, I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. AEW fans come for me. WWE fans come for yes. me. It, it, it is what it is. But And where, yeah. where can they come for you on Twitter? Oh, uh, KMEZ does it. EZ is the letter E and the letter Z. A lot of people get confused by that. It's not the word easy, but <laughs> the letter K, the letter K, the letter M, the letter E, um, then the letter Z, and then the word does and the words it, the word it. So if you're uh, listening on uh, one of our streaming partners, Podbean or whatever like that, Spotify, uh, that's how you find affiliates. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. See, Chris, Chris got his mind on his money and his money on his mind. I appreciate. It. Also, I love the idea of like Brandon and Chris, Andrew, kind of mm-hmm. like Snoop and Dre. Like Chris just come in the booth with all these lyrics, and Brandon is behind the turntables getting everything straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much how it is. Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris did a great article on uh, on, on yeah, the wrestling really side. I highly recommend to go check that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, again, like I think. The three of us, like, and then our guests, uh, you know, and friends of the program is just t- starting to come together. And so we appreciate everybody watching. We appreciate all the love. If you want more from me, uh, at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. There you'll find links to all the shows. Uh, while you're on Patreon, subscribing to Brandon, and I'm sure you've already subscribed to Post by now, check out the Kings of Sport Patreon. Uh, been doing that since 2013. So me, Marcus, Chris, all of our friends, Andrew, Steve, Willie, who was in the chat earlier, a lot of people, man. Jermaine, the infamous hater from Chi-Town. Uh, <laughs> out. Out. Patreon, Patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door if you want to pay more. I won't stop you not with the as high as gas is these days. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. fellas, before we close, I got one last thing. So, you know, uh, we had a lot of heavy topics tonight talking about the Vince McMahon story. And so, you know, I appreciate all of the, the conversation, man, the discussion. It was, it was beautiful, fellas. But I feel like, Andrew, we need to kind of end on a positive note. And there is only one person uh, uh, that I can think of uh, in, in these great United States, in this world that we live in, that could bring us all together. So, oh, don't do it. Uh, don't let's do take it. a moment don't do it. Don't and pause do it. for the cause, y'all. <laughs> Oh,
Martin had a dream. Martin had a dream. Devontae have a dream. Ooh, can, can you feel the unity now, Andrew? <laughs> oh, and that's crazy, though. Like, I feel like this is the first time a lot of people are getting to see this live, that, that Cody Devontae Rhodes drop. Who, who made that? I mean, I made that. You know what I'm saying? I was in the lab, much like Brandon at WrestleMavics, putting that together, son. But Cody Luther King oh, on these streets. <laughs> Cody Rose, man. Cody Rose. Uh, Cody, he, he, Cody he, can't come he, back he, soon enough, man. He, he, he leaning into it, man, at these, uh, at these little times. He, he really is. He leaning into it, bro. He, that's, I, I, I've read an interview that somebody did, and they, they said that he's seeing all the memes and stuff like that, so. That's hilarious. Cody bro. know what the deal is. We see, we see you, Devontae. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight. We thank you all for checking us out. If you're watching live, stay tuned to uh, post for the uh, ROH post show, even though Chris spoiled the whole damn show. Wei Ting <laughs> and Kate from Montreal about to bring you all that goodness, talking about ROH. Uh, if you're listening in the future on the audio version, we appreciate it, man. We'll be back here in August with some more stories. And if, if you all enjoyed uh, the live show tonight, man, let us know, and then maybe this is something that we'll keep doing in the future. Uh, but for Chris, for Andrew, and for our guest, Brandon Thurston, I am the godfather, Nate Milton. And remember, the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcasted. We'll see y'all next month. Yo. Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off kilter, the professor, the godfather, host wrestle in the NWA, not oh keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest is pop excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in Nubian kings and queens, we in. It's for the culture and we reppin' it. It's for the culture and we reppin' it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.